0: Uh, welcome to Valley Strange. I don't remember what episode this is, but this is a continuation of our reading through William Bramley's Gods of Eden. And it's been a while since we've uh, attempted this uh, episode or this uh, this book. Uh, probably about two months, two and a half months,
1: three months. Yeah, we're back, I was baby. Busy, uh, probably back. about three
0: months. Uh, so I was we're, busy
1: spreading uh, around bubonic plague. So
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're back, and uh, we're going to try and tackle this and finish this book. And I think we can do it. So, Excuse me.
1: Sorry, Daniel. So-called bubonic plague. Right. Uh,
0: bear with us, everyone. Uh, we're going to go for it. So uh, last, uh, last uh, episode, we left you off with the chapter of Maverick Religions, and we went through like a list of reading of um, some of Bramley's points between a Maverick religion and a custodial religion. And um, go back and check out that episode because we're not going to go back over it again. So, yeah, and the only uh, the mean, only thing
2: is, that I was thinking about the kind of like, oh, what what happened in the last episode and relevance tying into this one, and trying to do this real quick. But just a real quick reminder: of maverick versus a custodial religion. Maverick religions were trying to like, were in response to some of the domineering, you know, uh, some apocalyptic, you know, stuff that we'll get into in this episode or apocalyptic uh, messages and uh, tones. Right. Um and these are what Bramley conceptualizes as uh, or argues are uh, honest attempts at trying to generate a, a science of salvation right. or they a science of the like, spirit. There um, we go,
1: yeah. They're trying to elevate like uh, uh, like society's uh, spiritualism, some sort of thing, uh, it's like, which is like the exact opposite of the... Like but the, and, and, the it's only,
2: and it's only kind of like, you know, go check out the episode, you know, read Bramley himself, guys, but uh, just because... Some of these ideas from the Maverick religious versus uh custodian re- custodial religions are gonna be present in particularly the first couple chapters we're gonna talk about today. Um
0: That's correct. Um so the first uh chapter that we're gonna go into, well it's the next chapter, it's chapter eleven. Um it's the Doom Prophets. But again, like I always we always do uh we have to introduce ourselves. My name is Ray, and then we oh, also yeah. have <laughs> Roland. Uh Yo looking some, somewhat dead in his uh, studio over there. But, you know, still surviving. I'm alive. So and we also have Daniel to speak. in his studio as well. Heyo. Okay, so chapter 11, The Doom, the Doom, Doom, prophets. Prophets. Doom prophets. Hope that's affected later on in audio production. So I've Doom always known that prophets. like so many,
1: so many religions had, uh, you know, like Genesis, myths, uh, uh, and apocalypse myths, but I never made like a connection between them all that that was like a prevailing theme or whatever that you know like this guy seems to bring out, which was kind of interesting to me to see
0: and are you t- are you talking about like uh, the fact that all the religions kind of have a have a judgment day yeah um it seems to it seems that all religions have a beginning and an end, you know because I mean if there is no end, then what's the point you know? Or or if it's recycled, like uh,
1: right or, yes. Yeah. Um, well, boot, boot it's sort of a cycle that never that never reaches the the final stage right. because everyone always is always, you know, sort of talks about how oh we're in the end times and it doesn't happen and then oh well actually if we if we uh, if we review the text again <laughs> uh, in ten years time we're all fucked kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, they, they just they sort of just perpetuate.
0: Right, I mean, um, with most religions, you have to. There's got to be some kind of promise of a end utopia, you know, like a, the end of the suffering finally, uh-huh. and um,
2: or well, does it? Because you know, these ideas of the apocalypse, you know, and doomsday are, according to Bramley, you know, byproducts of custodial and brotherhood influences and right, activities. Right. Um, so, yeah. just to get right off the bat, you know, for. Our listeners who have never heard of what an apocalypse is, uh, it just comes from the Greek and just translates to like an unveiling, a uncovering, you know, a revealing of what's supposed to be, you know, a some sort of utopia, whether it be classless or structured or whatever. Everyone's got their own flavor of it. but Yeah. Um, Essentially, the idea is that, you know, mankind gets thrown into a cataclysmic time and God or the gods or whomever, you know, is in charge puts everyone in judgment. And basically the people that played ball in their lives and believed in that particular branch of, you know, philosophy or theology, rather, um, gets saved. Everyone else gets damned. And after the battle between, you know, the the ultimate battle between good and evil, you know, God and Satan, uh, God is supposed to triumph. And then the utopia begins. Right.
0: Who was like the ones that created the doomsday prophecies according to Bramley?
2: Oh, as far as like, Oh, okay, cool. Cause I was like, well, the custodians, duh. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's,
0: (laughs) that's, that's the overall, um, uh, answer to like, uh, all of this because they're the ones in charge, uh, pulling the strings. But like, as far as like, uh, the human beings or the human, uh, pawns within this uh system here.
2: Well, um early we can just uh target, you know, one of the early brotherhood symbols um right. the, comes in Egypt, uh arguably in
1: Mesopotamia, but the the phoenix. Right. Um yes, which was the f- actual uh uh the first bird of uh the United States even. They changed it later to the to the eagle, but yeah, it was it was it was uh, another influence as well that can be seen pretty much everywhere. Um sorry, go ahead. So the, you know, the whole idea of the Phoenix, you know,
2: the mythical bird that lives its life, burns up, goes through a period of rebirth as a worm, and then back in the Phoenix, you know, constant cycles of, like, uh, birth, death, rebirth.
1: It seems to be, like, a literal personification of, of like, you know, their religious uh, uh, cycles, which I've never heard of. I'd never heard that 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 exposition uh i thought it was pretty interesting i i don't know that i believe it it seemed i don't know um, well bramley
2: argues that the myth of the phoenix um whose initial meanings may have been lost to time right um got co-opted by some of these um doomsday say or doomsayers where they liken that to the spirit You know, we go through these process of, you know, birth, life, trials, death, and then rebirth. Right. Um, And rebirth can be into the utopia or whatever the fuck, you know. You can basically take the Phoenix myth and take any sort of naysaying, doomed-based prophecy and go, oh, this is a cycle of Phoenix, you know, shown here.
1: Um, Wasn't it sort of like a like a expansion of the idea of like uh custodial re- reincarnation like the re- the the rebirth of the spiritual being right
2: well it's not the rebirth of the spiritual being it's the trapping of a right. eternal spiritual being into a material body
1: um it it's a it it uh what's the word it incarnate, incarnates itself uh yeah um
2: So uh, just to cite Bramley directly when it comes to, like, the process of the Phoenix and and also going to lead into a, wait, where did this come from kind of question that he posed right after the fact Um, or statement that just made me go, what the fuck? Like, nothing you said up until this point makes me think, well, hey, oh, that makes sense. Um, Hmm. But as I kind of got to earlier, um, the legend came to convey the false idea that there exists some kind of unalterable law or plan which mandates that spiritual existence must consist of an arduous, phoenix-like process of growing, dying by fire, emerging out of the ashes, growing in, dying in, and so on forever. While this process does seem to regulate life on Earth, it is neither natural, inevitable, nor healthy. Um, And that was one of those moments where I had like, a problem because then he just didn't continue to say like why it isn't natural. He didn't like, it was one of those just brandly trust me moments that, you know, we talked about in the previous episodes and they're going to keep recurring because there's times where he just makes these bold knowledge claims and Mm. then drops them and runs to the next idea. And it's just, it's a frustrating process to try to analyze and string together his
1: thinking. And sometimes you don't think the next paragraph sort of explains those, uh, uh th- th- like what he refers to as uh, as uh, you know unhealthy uh, uh what page are you want uh, belief same page One t- yeah, yeah, uh, same pa- 113 uh, 113 middle paragraph what's well, the yeah par- paragraph at the top um so you don't you don't think that uh, the paragraph immediately following sort of explains why he he disagrees with it uh with it as a good idea sort of thing cuz he he talks about how uh, most, well, right here, most apocalypses veer from a standard Phoenix allegory proclaiming that this process will come, come culminate
3: <clears throat>
1: in a great final battle followed by a utopia. Uh, these beliefs encourage people to tolerate and even welcome a world of unremitting physical hardship, conflict, and death. Um, the kind of world the ancient writings say custodians wish their uh, work race to live in. So, I don't know, like it seems to me that He's sort of talking about how which I'm sort of getting ahead of myself because that it, it's it sort of ties into the last um last chapter of The King of Rats, in which uh yeah. basically these people like everyone is a pawn. Uh people that think that uh you know, that they run society or whatever are actually the the themselves being manipulated uh within within like a cage cage system sort of thing. Um I don't know. I'm 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 getting a little I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, I could be wrong. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so uh, I know we were we were talking about the, the Phoenix and the whatnot, but uh, we go through the the end of the world teachings again. This is what the doomsday prophecies are, um, and it is like the the belief. It's a belief that encourages people to tolerate and even welcome a world unremitting physical hardship, conflict, and death. Yes. Um, and one of the persons that he mentions uh, that brought up the end of the world teachings was a person from Pers- Persia. Uh, Zoroaster. Zoroaster, yeah. And uh, he had uh, mentioned there's four stages of the universe, or four uh, phases of the universe. I think.
1: Uh, well, before you, sorry, I just thought it would be good to mention, but like it's it probably be more familiar to some people that have any uh, exposure to that that uh, he's also known as Zarathustra. So, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Would anyone know that? (laughs) Well, like, I mean... I mean, mean,
0: actually, Bramley
2: makes a point to put a footnote about it um, because he uh, brings up the the composer, but Thus thus Spoke or Spake
1: Zarathustra, which is also the title of a Nietzsche book. Um, And then he talks about the composition becoming the theme song of 2001, A Space Odyssey, which I thought was funny. But getting back to... uh, Zoroastrianism. Uh,
2: right. So, importantly, you know, these views kind of pop up pretty early. I mean, because we're talking about, you know, like, long con, we're going from Samaria, oh, sorry, 3000 BC, to the Egyptians, to some of the, you know, the Greeks don't really get talked about too much. But, you know, they come along um, after this, actually, around the same time. But we're talking about, you know, like, about 750, 500 BC. Um, there's some debate on the dates when Zoroaster, Zoroaster lived or whatever, but all that aside, um, it's just fascinating because, you know, within 1500 years of the goddamn, you know, master plan starting of the, you know, or being really like rolling from the custodians, then these doomsday beliefs start like trickling into right. different societies. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, kind of was, like in Christianity or other uh, – or like Judeo-Christian faiths and Islam, you've got, you know, the benevolent creator or whatever and then the 3D, adversary. Right. Um, right. That's that's where he goes the into the four stages
0: evil. of uh, – the, the four phases of the universe. And I mean just listening to the four phases sounds very familiar in most religions. Um, Like one being the spiritual existence in which the chief god designs the physical universe. And then two, where the material universe is created. Uh, Three, where the battle of the chief god and its rivals... Well, importantly,
2: in the second phase, that's when the adversary comes about as well. I almost missed that in my reread. Mm -hmm. Um, But that, you know, thinking about the development of all this bullshit, it's like, oh, because it's interesting in like Zoroastrianism, the adversary comes before creation um, or... Or around the same time, like it's just, it's kind of like, you know, is man in the mix already or not? You know, right, like, yeah. I don't know much about Zoroastrianism, but.
0: And yeah, we're, we're going based on what Bramley's given us here, which is basically all the information we're trying to just stay focused on. Uh, because going out th- again through this book, we're going to come across times where Bramley again makes these claims and gives us nothing else. So we have to just take his word for it including with uh, his uh, references to other things as well. We're taking his description or his uh, reference at face value. Because, I mean, uh, and, and again, it's not up, for up to us to, like, explain all that because that's going to come, that would come for another episode or something. Like, that would just yeah. make this longer than it needs to be. Uh, <laughs> but it's up to the listener and the reader, as Bramley says, to research themselves if they want to go and look at all that stuff. So the last part of uh, the phase is um, the succession of the saviors, or uh, the the God, the chief God, sends uh, saviors to defeat the opponent and bring salvation to all, allegedly. Right. And uh, the God that uh, in the Zoroaster is it the, was it uh, Ahur, Her- Ahura Mazda. Ahura Mazda, right. Yeah. Um, and I
2: can't remember what the devils would be called. Uh, I've encountered, you know, this story and other bits of lore and agent aliens and stuff, but um, I just can't remember what the fucking, you know, adversary is supposed to be called, but he was supposed to be a pretty cool
1: dude, you know.
0: Mm. (laughs) Aren't they all kind of cool dudes (laughs) at some point or another?
1: Um, But um, Angra you, I think is his name, the uh, destructive slash evil spirit and the main adversary in Zoroastrianism. Word. Right on. Um,
2: so we have all this shit going on in, in Persia and, and another thing that's important to note is that Persia became the nation state of Iran and it's, a uh, based off of Aryan, because Arianism as discussed in this book was practiced widely in the area, um, and had influences outwards, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're kind of around the same time you got, um, uh, Judaic doomsday prophecies coming about as well, um, you know, and then a slightly later, you've got, you know, Buddhist doomsday prophecies as well, um, or, but I would argue that perhaps it's not necessarily like a doomsday, but just like a apocalyptic, you know, as far as like the mm-hmm. the revelation, the unveiling, like that kind of sense the taking the cover off and hitting that spiritual utopia. Because... Right. Um, in uh, Judaic doomsday myths, the figure of Elijah is supposed to come about, and so, um, and it'd be really convenient if the guy was named Elijah, so we could just start just you know just testing every person that's <laughs> named Elijah and <laughs> be like, hey, you know, can you perform some miracles and shit? Cool, you know, are you gonna have that actual spirit uh, science of salvation? Um, and uh, the Buddhists are looking for. A dude known as Mattaya, who's re- who's referred to as just a kind of like a a good friend who knows what's up and <laughs> shares the knowledge with you. Like, <laughs> as dumbed down of an idea that is, but there's a there's a big difference between you know a true doomsday messenger versus a friend saying, Hey, you know, fuck all this strife and stuff. I got it figured out. You know, this is how we reach enlightenment. Obviously they're Um, smoking
0: weed at the time. right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, just, Uh, (laughs) yeah. Um, one of the things that, uh, one of the few last things that Bramley brings up in this, uh, chapter is, uh, uh, predest, predestiny. And, um, he poses question, and, and the question along with the apocalyptic uh, prophecies
2: yeah but not the predestination of calvinism no which no, right, just we'll, we'll, the, we'll the idea later, that yeah. things are predetermined generally um and particularly in reference to like the doomsday
0: right um, yeah as speaking of like uh there's this predestiny and then uh he mentioned universalism uh also kind of there's like two variations of those kind
1: of uh
0: descriptions or definitions that I mean, they have to go into context with what we're talking about here. Um,
1: so this version of predestiny would be would, would be like how Daniel explained, sort of uh, the idea that everything's uh, uh, there's a fixed set future. There at a, there's a yeah. fixed outcome writ large, as opposed to the one that we find later on through Calvinism, which is basically down to like the smallest detail or whatever. Each mm-hmm. person is individually, uh, uh, their life has mapped out or whatever, and. There's nothing they can do about yeah, it. So um, I, dude, is that, I think that's... that's uh, well,
0: let me, uh, let me read it f- uh, directly from the book here. It <coughs> says, Predestiny is the idea that the future is already created and unalterable and that right. some people have a great special ability to see that future. And it says, He asked, Does predestiny exist? And basically, he breaks it down like this. He says, part one, he says, find a time place and place. Fucking thought exercise and is so yeah. stupid. I, find find I, a time and yeah, place. Dude, it, it's very such, simplified such the problems. way he does it. It's Find yeah, so a simplified. time place it's like, and place and t- note the time and calculate what time it will be exactly 30 seconds. Uh, now decide exactly where you will be standing when that 30 second moment arrives and watch the clock and be sure that you're standing in the spot that you choose. You have just created a prophecy and fulfilled it. It's like a toddler trying to do explain yeah, right. calculus
1: here. Part, part
0: two, look at the clock again and decide on a new location 10 seconds before the 30-second moment arrives. Rethink where you want to fulfill the prophecy, and if you do, be at that place you decided upon. If you do not, choose a new location at random and be there when the 30-second moment arrives. And repeat the above exercise several times.
1: <laughs> uh, so I think that 20, would, that would that particular form of... Of predestiny is the calvinist uh interpretation i don't know
0: uh well because i think it's very specific I mean, it gets a bit and more oversimplified it gets a bit more gloomy uh in the Calvinist oh yeah type
1: I will, like calvinism yeah <laughs> like it's the that fucking shit is depressing uh
0: just the, the last bit of uh this chapter talks about, about prophecy and he says prophecy has really only one value and as a tool to either change or ensure the future. And the problem with a seer who foresees a tragic event, which later comes true, is that he or she divined insufficient information to do anything about it. And then he mentions Edgar Casey. If you're all familiar with Edgar Casey, yeah. And you know,
2: like, what would have been really would have been fucking cool if Bramley had waited, you know, till like 2000 to publish this book, so he would be like, hey, you know, Casey,
0: yeah, he was fucking wrong. That shit didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anything else to add for this uh, chapter? Um,
2: yes. Um, one quick thing, cause, uh, Bramley took a moment to like, go, Hey, you know, one important thing to remember is, uh, because we're getting back into the Machiavelli stuff, um, and the Machiavelli nature of a lot of these groups that we're going to be talking about in later chapters, you know, the Masons and the stewards and all these other assholes. Um, right. but, uh, To quote Bramley, Old Testament prophets express another important idea: Jehovah would continue to manipulate people into war. Right, and then they quote the book of uh, Zechariah: um, "For I, God, will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Then the Lord shall go forth and fight against those nations." Um, then jumping down to the book of Haggai or Haggai, I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Um and I will overthrow the I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms and I will overthrow I will destroy the strength of the heathen and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them and the horses and the riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. so um going back to the idea that you know these gods are, you know creations of you know custodians and then uh, they're, they're perpetuated like by Brotherhood activities that, You know, once again, you know, this God in these kind of like doomsday scenarios, as far as um, the Hebrew faith goes, he straight up admits like, I'm going to fucking pit you guys against each other. And, you know, Mm. it's it's fucking wild, you know. Yeah, just like right there in the book and you know you think that like someone back in the day they'd probably been stoned for heresy or whatever you know but just like when wait a can, minute, yeah. God wants us to fight
1: <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna
2: make it happen no matter wait what?
1: <laughs> Bramley does make an interesting distinction that we we'll, we'll, we'll go into later about how um, that isn't the natural state of humanity uh, to be in conflict. That's something that's introduced by the custodial influence and the corrupted brotherhood, uh, 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 you know, playing Machiavelli, uh, with, uh, with cultures and with, with, uh, you know, ever with civilization sort of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the last interesting thing or whatever was, uh, how he goes into talking about the next chapter, uh, he, cause he ends it on here about, uh, how Jesus was trying to avoid being declared a, an apocalyptic Messiah, right? And uh, how he was unsuccessful due to, uh, you know, the brotherhood uh, uh, and that, coming you in. You have to sort mention of,
0: that they nailed him to a cross. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: In this corner, standing nine to 12 feet tall, depending on what the Romans picked that day, <laughs> from the sticks, the Essene from Nazarene. <laughs> Or from Nazareth, I guess. Or the the S.E. Nazarene. There you go. Jesus (laughs) Christo. Chapter 12. 12. The Jesus Jesus It's fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> um, Jesus uh, Jesus Christ, as most of us, I mean most people... Wait, we're in the West. We can we skip yeah. this chapter. We know about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I was going to start that We just off. had Easter, man. We yeah. know this. Like yeah. the bunny, yeah. right? Yeah. Most, most people this. know who Jesus is in some form or fashion. Uh, he's a white man with... Uh, Beautiful uh, brown hair, also funny. A nice yeah. uh, brown beard, uh, red, you know? red
1: red hair, right? Red. He was a part well, because of the. Uh, you could
0: say like depending on you know red hair, brown hair, yeah. I don't know, but it's pretty good. He has some sweet abs, um, but yeah. So yeah, he's like definitely get, like he's definitely by a, uh, He's definitely a white yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> red um, hair. I forgot about the part where uh, Bramley Jesus mentions that ginger. Uh, Jesus either being a what was it, an S-S-N, is What S-E-N, you pronounce yeah. it? scene, or uh, a Hebrew? Um, well,
2: um, I can't remember what oh. exact, uh, like, tribe of Israel, like, David came from or whatever. That's right, but like, the
0: son of David. Like, he wouldn't be, like, uh, a white, red-headed person. No, absolutely not. Because, I mean, most in uh, most, the uh, I guess, histor- historical... Ha- wh- so- uh things that we read about or see people uh show jesus now considering the description that they they give in the bible as like uh like he's a dark skinned
1: dude with like right. uh curly hair and stuff like that so right right um for the purposes of this this explanation it's a minor detail um but yeah it, he wasn't uh, you know he <laughs> the, he wasn't uh
0: Okay so uh, ginger, uh, there's
1: uh,
0: most uh, the the bible itself uh, has a uh, breaks up Jesus's life in between him as a child like up to like the year of 12 10 or 12 it cherry picks for no, no, no. a bit no 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 he
2: hits about um, it's like he's a baby then you see him again when he's like 5 and yeah. then 12, and then right. he disappears until he's 30. But that's – that, I'm for just for saying like old, uh, so.
0: we're getting more uh, occurrences of him as a child. And then oh, – uh, yeah. Then, I mean – you can't really go into every detail of Jesus' life up to that point. Like, they changed his diaper. Well, he took also, shit this time, you know, all that kind of stuff. But there were, like, was some... Know know, there's a whole book in the, the Apocrypha called it, right? yeah, Infancy. Exactly. He does so. mention no, no, he I, I the know. which... Uh, but, then uh, the Son of God was burped, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he had his
0: formula, you know. <laughs> and
2: ye who, ye who burpeth the Savior is blessed.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, and then there's a, there's a huge gap until he's 30. And then, of course... Uh, and there's a lot of controversy uh, between the books that describe those parts of Jesus's life because, uh, obviously, some of those go against the natural order of things for like the Catholic Church. Right, it like goes that. against
1: the tenets of of uh, of Christianity, uh, right. specifically how they talk about how he goes and like meets the gurus in the in the. In the in, oh,
0: there, I know there's been some things I, I, I read a. I think it's uh, Anne Rice's book called Christ the Child or something. Oh, and Christ the
2: King or something like that. Well, yeah. no, it was Christ the King, well, but no, it was Christ the... Like, that yeah, was like a, like a kid. Like, like it was a whole long. series or whatever. Yeah, yeah. my mom like uh, sort of
0: reading that Yeah, for a while. but like it kind of paints uh, Jesus as like a very mischievous kid, you know, like... Which is, I see, think Anne Rice should have
1: stuck to her Perverted Vampire series. Well, that was
0: a point in time where she went back to Catholicism and was like really heavy into it, so she started writing those books. Yeah, big time. Um, and I remember seeing some... Uh, Instance where I don't, again, I don't even know if it's in the Bible or not, where uh, Jesus uh gets like a the bird, kills it, and then brings it back to life, like, like mm-hmm. he's already playing with those kinds of uh, magical powers and shit. That has yeah. to be in the
2: Apocrypha. No, yeah. I, I hope
0: it is because I, I would like to talk about those books, uh, that particular book at some point. Oh, um, yeah, no, the
2: I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this uh, Bramley has succeeded in doing a couple of things. I want to get a copy of the Quran, I want to get you know, the buddhist legends of isa you know and yeah. all this other bullshit um and like in a copy a copy of the apocrypha and the book of Mormon, just because <laughs> it's like oh man apparently this shit's a lot crazier than
0: i thought <laughs> well, yeah for sure yeah
1: I mean, um i had forgotten the the uh requirements to be uh of the uh a scene uh uh tribe uh tribe i guess um actually directly relates to his uh his whiteness or whatever. Um, yes,
2: it does. Um, according to the
1: text of the Apocrypha. And so, uh,
2: invoking the Apocrypha, because here we get into some of the spicy stuff, you know, where, you know, we have
1: custodial interference in, you know, Do human you think affairs. this is just like overdone uh, or rather very heavy speculation on this book? Because I don't know that... Does he mention in here that... Uh, um, uh, that he's just sort of uh, 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 thinking about it it doesn't actually he he just says here that uh the only way he could be uh, become a part of this is uh you know he fits this this particular category of uh of
0: uh color features
1: <laughs> yeah well the uh, the aryan uh requirement to becoming in a scene yeah cuz they mentioned yeah, that he I'm had to
0: about. be like white and he had like a red, uh, red, red, red hair and stuff like that uh, that's mm. why it seemed like a contradiction to him uh, being from the descendant of David. Um, right, which they well, also mentioned that there's there's
2: a bunch of things to get problematized and, well yeah, that's just one of and that those, yeah. which we'll we'll get there because there's a whole section where you know, Bradley makes a case for Jesus being a member of the Essene community not, you know, whatever tribe David was a part of. Um do you want to go so, through you
0: uh, want to go through a quick uh, recap of uh Jesus coming to be so you have like uh, uh, Mary's parents and then uh, oh I yeah
2: have, but the repeated themes and Mary's then getting into the, her the off bigger to, the grander
0: uh, argument that Brantley
2: makes is um, so details aren't really super important but here's the the brass tacks uh, so Mary's parents uh, Joaquin and Anna apparently were childless Joaquin gets visited by an angel of the lord who's like ah, we got you homie and they have Mary. Um, Mary, then, as we're told in the, you know, the accepted version of the New Testament, you know, gets visited by the angel of the Lord like, hey, we're going to get that, mm, girl. <laughs> and she's like, but but I've not been with a man. How am I'm a virgin? It's like, I'm we pure. got you, boo. Um, Don't worry about it. But Brantley right. takes this and makes this an interesting discussion. I wish he would have tried uh, uh, potentially, like, you know, explored a little more in depth, but he brings the idea of multi generational breeding for desired traits um, and by means of like artificial dissemination. So he likens it to the way that we can produce like badass Hereford, you know, cows and shit. And mm-hmm. um, it was uh, in vitro, in vitro. Uh, and so. Um, So his idea is like, you know, multi-generational breedings and the cocks of angels um, and you get, you know, kind (laughs) of the desired byproduct being, you know, Jesus uh, a couple generations later.
0: Um,
1: He looks exactly like Joseph.
0: Considering that he has like, he's supposed to share features of like, I assume whatever the Holy Spirit or Jehovah is supposed to look like. And now is it an angel impregnating her, or is it supposed to be like, like Holy Spirit jismum, uh, and then like they take it to her and then they like, put it in her?
1: Well, I think that that would probably be a what Bramley sort of interprets it as, as uh, when he mentions that that uh, artificial insemination uh, right. uh, stuff. Um, and then we have because, to always like a I yeah, but like that. how
2: magical is it? I guess is what Ray's asking. Like, yeah. is it, is oh, it from I mean like, by our by
1: our standards, not not at but all. Well, she was but like put to sleep
0: and then like she woke up and bam, she was with child. Yep. Uh, that just sounds like a, just woke up nine months pregnant. What the fuck? <laughs> 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 and and I always like I wanted to bring up the fact that she is a child in this. She's like twelve or fourteen yep. years old. Yeah. And, um, which is, I feel like a fact. I mean, she if ended up pregnant uh, before
1: uh, she even met Joseph. Yeah. But of every, everyone's of the angry? fact of
0: putting the number to the, her, to her, like an age number, yeah. because I think most people have it in their heads. Like she's like a full grown woman.
1: She's like, no, yeah, no. More. And <laughs> Joseph,
2: and Joseph's, like and Joseph's like an old a guy, old man. And like, he's also got other kids, other family. He wanted to stuff, fucking marry some other broad and they're like, nope, you're marrying now,
0: this you're fucking this, child. And he's like, fine. I like how Bramley mentioned that uh,
1: Joseph thought that she was a whore because right because he meets this chick and all of a sudden like she's already she's already preggers and he's like what like I don't want this what this wasn't me it's impossible I'm old with my old old man balls doesn't work
0: you know Bramley brings up the fact that uh, like sex and the way like it's perceived in the religion and stuff like that it's a sinful deed Um, the irony being um, that. yeah, human procreation is is
2: well, not only is like the idea is that human procreation is inherently sinful. Thus like, mm. you know, the angels banging Anna and Mary was, you know, a blessing rather than something that, you know, fell into the loophole of the trap of original sin. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh Bramley takes that um even further, because he says, you know, well, the idea, if you make the idea of non-procreative sex as sinful, right, then it helps people convince themselves that they can kill other people because they are fucking sinners or whatever. Right. Um and fuck, man, it's just then I started thinking about this whole other book that I read in grad school that I wrote wrote out in my notes and I was like, no, I'm not going to go down the Edward Said <laughs> hole.
0: Like it's, uh, that's
2: fucking crazy.
0: So, uh, we have the fact that, uh, com- trying to convince fact fact mm, that, fact. uh, <laughs> Bra- bramley is saying that, uh, Jesus is part of the Essenes and stuff like that. Cause he was born in a cave. Um, let me just read this here. Like, uh, says uh, when and when they came by the cave Mary confessed to Joseph her time giving birth had come and she could go into the city and said let's go into this cave and at the time the sun was nearly down but Joseph hurried away so that he might fetch her a midwife and when he saw that an old Hebrew woman was from Jerusalem he said to her please come here good woman and go into that cave and you will see that a woman is just ready to give birth and it was after sunset when the old woman and Joseph reached the cave and they both went into it. And look, it was filled with lights greater than the lights of a lamp and a candle and greater than the light of the sun itself. And the infant was then wrapped in a swall- in swaddling clothes and sucking the breast of his mother, St. Mary. And this is an infancy apocrypha uh, quote here. Um, he talks about the lights and stuff like that. And they're always like mentioning... We forget to mention that the star of Bethlehem and the wise men that they were following these lights, the, the star, and they are saying it was probably a comet, or uh, right. What were the lights? Yeah, this, but that uh, gets uh, like shot
2: yeah. down by Bramley ways because like yeah. oh yeah. No, yeah. It, yeah. it might be Haley's comet, but Haley's comet mm-hmm. has making, never
0: making a low pass been and as that.
2: been like on that path or as bright as it was claimed to be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bramley suggests that it might have been a UFO um mm-hmm. and right, he's, he's going uh, uh, to he's going continue to suggest throughout the- like agents of the brotherhood or they're mm-hmm. influenced by the brotherhood right. um cuz they're from the east um and so they were potentially practitioners of zoroastrianism and other forms of arianism um trying to seek out you know this i don't know like it is i don't know it, it's Kind of a weird thing that, like, Branley invokes, like, Zoroastrianism and, like, why these dudes would show up. Um, Custodial angels. But the wise men were just dudes, like, and I don't remember why, like, they thought they should go there.
0: Apart from, like, the New Testament lore of, like, oh, the Messiah, the Messiah. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> there's going to be a, a bright uh, star in the sky that is going to let people know that the Messiah is born. So I mean, most people were heavily uh, bought into these uh, this folklore, or, or oh right, and then the so
2: they are generally said to have been mystics and astrologers.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so, like, if a star is like uh, guiding you, those those are like mystics and stuff like that. So, brotherhood, um,
1: Messiah. Uh, these aren't just some, were, some they they random guys who saw the star. In the sky. Messiah prophecies.
2: But sliding away from that, back to the the proposed cave birth for Jesus versus the manger story. Um, And we're about to start trying to lean into some of the whirlwind of arguments that Brimley makes about, you know, Jesus being an Essene Um, from his birth. um, Evidently, caves were popular spots for the Essene community to utilize for a myriad of reasons. (laughs) Right. and then um, going into, like, the Jesus the missing years, evidently it was a tradition for boys to be sent from the age of, like, five-ish off for schooling. And then so that's supposed to account, according to Bradley, for, like, that uh, section of years for Jesus' life not being recorded. Um, then he shows back up at the age of 12 because he's preparing for his his bar mitzvah. And then that's when we get the famous, you know, he goes to the temple and starts mm-hmm. debating, you know, the the rabbis there and so forth. Um, and then he goes poof again. And so now I think we're ready to try to lean into the what was Jesus supposed to be up to, according to Bramley um, and other legends.
0: A <laughs> uh, popular idea amongst Christians in general is that, and he says it here, is that. Basically, he was a carpenter and he was just, yeah, he was just working for his he was, dad, he was just yeah. learning the woodworking with or his, his pops. stepdad. His stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not my dad. Dude, the whole time I, I saw,
2: I imagined a petulant Jesus. You're not my real dad. My <laughs> dad can hit you down with a lightning strike. No, <laughs> or play some
0: kind of like hammer or some shit like that. Like <laughs> that's, all, that's all you got, Joseph. Jesus, go to your room. Well, maybe he invoked those uh, magical powers of his. Like he kills a bird. He's like, You see this, dad? And like, kills it. And like, You're lucky I can bring him back to life. You know, like, maybe I won't do that to you, dad. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) who knows if my powers don't
2: work on humans, Joseph?
0: (laughs) Which one's your favorite actual biological child, dad? I'm a gonna, shame I'm something, happened
1: to, something happened to you, Papa.
2: Yeah, you know, Jesus could have been even more metal and just, like, turn all the furniture back into trees. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all this work, we won't get paid. Tough shit, Dad.
2: <laughs> Guess you should have let me get that SNES, huh,
0: Joseph? <laughs> so um, um, you mentioned the legend of Issa. Again, we're talking... Uh, what Buddhist, happened during uh, Jesus' uh, teen years up until like his thirtieth year? What was he doing at that time? And there's a legend uh, that is a is it a Buddhist legend, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a Buddhist legend. Yeah. yeah, and so it
1: supposedly parallels the life of Jesus, uh, and so they led to the the well the, they made the connection that is e- Isa was was in fact Jesus, late Christo. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, you yeah.
1: uh, have the book cracked open right there, and
2: uh, I didn't take great notes on like what Issa was supposed to be all up to, but, um, you know, could you maybe just run us through the, cause first uh, he didn't end
1: up in Buddhist land initially. Uh, no, I mean, he, he was sent, he traveled to Asia, uh, under the Essene sponsorship. So like, like you mentioned before, this was a part of his, uh, his schooling. Uh, and, uh, if It says here, if the Essenes indeed followed the, an Aryan tradition, you'd expect Jesus to be sent to study under the Aryan Brahmin, Brahmins of the Indian subcontinent. Um, and according to the legend of Isa, that's precisely what happened. Uh, here we go. In his 14th year, young Isa, the Blessed One, came to the side of the Sindh, a province in western Pakistan, and settled among the Aryas, uh, Aryans. Um, And I mean, once he was there, you know, they welcomed him and brought him in, started uh, teaching him the Vedas uh, and uh, Hindu scripture. Uh, But uh, eventually, you know, it. I mean, he did the same thing uh, that he did. Jesus, the fucking
2: ever, you know, ever loving rebel. Yeah, he. (laughs) Jesus, he he, he didn't jive with you know the Hindu uh, caste system. So he would right. be out there trying to hang out with the untouchables and shit and right. sh- and, and give them they, the gospel not, or whatever. And the poo bahs were, cool were like uh uh-uh, we don't do that around here. Yeah. You know?
1: And she's <laughs> no, no. like,
2: Well why not, dudes like it makes no sense. Get out.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <They're
2: laughs>
1: Get like, out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jesus gets um,
2: gets kicked out of uh India. Uh uh, I think yes. he is kicked out of India because he ends up hanging
1: out with the Buddhists. Um mm. apparently they were so pissed off that they sent said they tried to have Jesus murdered. Um yeah. <laughs> and he uh, fled fled uh by night and uh you know escaped into the into the the sticks or whatever, the Buddhist Buddhist uh Buddhist country. Um but though he continued to study uh he continued to study the sutras, the, the uh, Buddhist writings. And uh, after, it says here, after six years, uh, Jesus could perfectly expound the sacred uh, Buddhist scrolls. Or rather, Isa could do this. Um, it says here that um, this legend portrays Jesus as a sincere religious reformer uh, who found himself turning against the custodial slash Aryan Traditions in which he had been raised. Uh these sympathies went instead to the Maverick Buddhists. Uh and, the, and,
2: uh go ahead. neat point in there is that um Bramley identifies there's some striking similarities between the Sermon on the Mount and certain Buddhist teachings. Uh specifically it'd be the thing was like the Sermon of the Flower. Um uh that yeah. the, the Buddha was supposed to have given to his disciples at one point. Um uh, and you have a lot of the same themes popping up
1: and uh it's cool shit. Um but uh after well, he, adop- he, he adopts it as the what is it the Sermon of the Mount on the Sermon on the Mount, excuse me, from that. Uh, okay, go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um after that, um uh, Let's see. After 15 years or so in and about Asia, Jesus traveled to Palestine via Persia, Greece, and Egypt, according to one tradition, which doesn't get cited. No,
0: you know, well, why would it? Jesus? And this isn't
2: an important because <laughs> yeah. this is like you know Bramley's selection, selective <sighs> citing.
1: Because how dare you question Bramley's research, Daniel?
2: How? According to one tradition, Jesus <laughs> was initiated into the higher ranks of the brotherhood in the G- Egyptian city of Heliopolis. Like, what? Yeah. And there's nothing. Like He spends 30 He's, pages talking about the legend of Isa and shit, and then here's this incredible thing where apparently J- Jesus became Jesus a fucking just goes high, yeah.
1: high-ranking member of the brotherhood. He just goes anywhere, <laughs> and they just accept him in or whatever it's just
0: <laughs>
1: sure okay
0: he's just that dude man like everyone right wants a he just, you like, know, everyone the wants dude. to hang
2: out with him you know he and gets he's along just, with everybody yeah, he's cool you know dude, just man. but 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 really like uh, according to what tradition and this is what infuriates me about brandley because he does like
0: some great scholarship in a lot of ways but then in
2: other cases it's completely slipshod
0: well i mean uh there's a part where he mentions uh Bramley, he says, there is good biblical and apocryphal evidence that Jesus tried to mix the custodial dogma with maverick tenets. Uh, and this will cause an honest attempt at spiritual reform. He said, he, and it failed. So, again, he said there's evidence, but.
2: Right, but because, they were, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he because
0: they went ahead. He failed
2: because they went ahead. Because he's great about citing the Bible all over the place, except yeah. when it doesn't work. <laughs>
1: like, right, so. <laughs>
2: And I and it really sucks though because you know William Bramley's still alive and he might stumble upon this you know s- series of podcasts and really? yeah, he might be in some trouble. Uh,
1: some somebody needs to send him a, a slide into those Twitter DMs. Bramley, what do you think?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't even. Mean, I don't even know if he's on Twitter, like, because he has almost no. As we discussed, like on our first. No, episode, he probably he has, like, has no a dot matrix anywhere, printer, dude. Except he's a contributor on Ancient Aliens, so I guess we need yeah. to like hit up Sukalos and be he's like,
1: prob- "Hey, he is Bill Bramley," and he seems like the kind of person to still like run on like Windows ninety five with a fifty six. Well, that's fine. K we'll send him Telegram. They exist. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Western Union. <laughs> <laughs> um, dear Bill Bramley, stop. <laughs> So uh so
0: any, what? Anything, any, anything else to add to this chapter as um, far as ministry? Uh, I just wanted to Jesus mention history. how
1: like how you how how we were talking about before that Jesus was trying to uh mix the uh maverick and uh uh, uh custodial um, uh tenants and failed. Um and avoiding uh well while he he was trying to avoid any any association to uh to a messianic uh uh, uh, uh figures or rather uh, or being proclaimed as the messiah and himself. and so the custodials uh went ahead and did it anyway they just said oh no you're uh you're 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 the messiah and uh that's it like
0: now this was before or after he died
1: no this was before
0: okay. i'm just asking so so out.
1: jesus was trying to avoid all of this he was trying to avoid becoming like the messianic figurehead that they wanted there. I think the Essenes refer to it as, or rather, Bramley refers to it as the Essenes wanted a return on their investment uh, because they were very much a, 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 a brotherhood, uh, uh, I guess. Did they
0: want like payment because Jesus skipped out on the bill of uh, tuition or something?
1: Of a sort, yeah. I mean, that was why cause sneaky, sneaky, clever guys went around him and uh, just used... Uh, you know, I guess like the 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 PR of the Times and said, "No, yeah, like he's 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 the he's the Lord on Earth," and uh, that was that was pretty much the beginning of the end at that point, because then you know that's when the Romans and the Hebrew leaders came and were like, "We don't like you," and you know, well, tossed him in jail. Also,
2: another thing that Brantly points to to try to positively identify Jesus as an Essene is that. He only talks smack about the Pharisees and Sadducees, but not the Essenes and whatever hypocrisies they may be up to. Um, so maybe by his whole like, oh well, he didn't bring up the Essenes, so maybe you know. Well, we can't know him. that
1: for sure, can we? So.
2: No, of course not. This is brand a, <dude>. Um yeah.
1: <laughs> Right. Okay. Sorry. I just wanted to make that clear for anyone listening. Um, no, I I think that that about covers uh covers it the the uh. Basically, Jesus's lost years, as you have uh, written here in our our outline there is, uh, the legend of Isa, which I, I mean it's, it's pretty damn interesting. I really would like to get, uh, uh, you know, get some get some time spent looking and reading uh, bits and pieces of the apocrypha at some point.
0: Okay, it says uh, the successful effort to make Jesus the figurehead of a new judgment day religion brought about the most famous apocalyptic writing in the Western world, the Revelation of Saint John. This work, which is also known as the book of Revelation or Apocalypse, is the last book of the New Testament, and it leaves Christians with the same type of dire prophecy that the Hebrews had left with the end of the Old Testament. The coming of the great global catastrophe followed by a day day of judgment, the book of Revelation is well worth taking a closer look at. No shit.
1: (laughs) He says that, but most people, anyone that's, that's flipped through the Bible will probably say that, Revelations is where they spent most of their time. Uh, uh, it's the more it's 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 written completely different from the rest of the Bible. It's uh, kind of the, the action Jackson. And that's a uh, that's a
0: good point that we'll bring up in the next chapter. Uh, Roland, can you introduce us to the next chapter?
1: Sure. Chapter thirteen is the Apocalypse of John. Okay, so
0: we have uh, the alleged author is supposed to be. St. John, which is supposed to be the disciple, the of, disciple of, uh, John. of Jesus, yeah. yeah. Also, the writer of not to be confused John. with John the Baptist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a different yeah. John. Yeah.
2: <laughs> thanks, thanks, Bill. Yeah, we got it. Because
0: you know. we're stupid. So, the The <laughs> Book of Revelation is probably again we mentioned I've mentioned before any probably one of the most interesting parts of the Bible because it's pretty violent, it's bloody. And there's monsters in there. There's like uh, yeah. All this, uh, there's a plagues,
1: the angels battling fucking
0: demons and all this other kind of shit. There's animals with fucking like seven heads and uh, scrolls being opened up, skies turning to blood. It's pretty crazy. But one of the things that they bring up, and again, this is jumping ahead into this chapter, is that the writing seems different from the Book of John, which is supposed to be the gospel. Seems a lot more modern.
1: Uh, like a, a, a much more, more like modern format of writing it's because it's, it's very easy to read like unlike the the rest of the bible that's just sort of teachings and uh and stories this is like this one's more of a like a fiction fictional narrative you know it's
0: well, I mean fictional Roman, it's true. That's let's be real here. That's yeah. not I mean, <laughs>
1: Oh no, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying they're we yeah, just had I, Easter I you're, you're gonna blaspheme said, uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I meant in like a fictional narrative is like a you know, like a fiction novel or whatever. They're they're very easy to read and to sort of like they, they have a Particular flow. well, it's
0: one of one, one questions why Bramley brings up the fact that there, and it, it's not even just Bramley bringing it up. I mean, most people question the yeah, there, authorship of a, most years seri- of the Bible. There's a
2: serious question of the authorship of like the book of Revelation, yeah, you
0: know? and not even just that book of most books. I mean, claiming like yeah, even the five, mean, the five books of the Bible, years yeah.
1: after the fact, generally, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I mean most
0: I know, that most folks have uh questioned the fact if the, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, are even written by Moses because again. Who the fuck knows if he actually wrote them or not?
1: Yeah, and I mean, just the easiest distinction I can think of would be the differences between the Old and the New Testament. Like It's like, okay, if they're both true, why are they completely different? Because And Br- Bramley does go into that spe- the specifics of that, uh, I think, a little later.
0: Right, and uh, um, one of the things brought up about the Book of Revelation as to how these visions came about was because drugs. either— uh, John was uh, exiled onto the island of Patmos— And I'm not sure exactly the plant life they have there or what kind of uh, architecture or even if they had any there. Another burning bush, baby. uh, That there was rituals that allowed, rituals that that, that were performed on John that allowed him to see these visions. Or was it just some kind of like drug-induced things. Maybe he was starving. Maybe he was dehydrated. Maybe he was sleepless. All these things could have contributed to the fact that he saw these quote-unquote visions. Here's a quote from uh, Bramley. says, the question is, what caused the author's visions? Was it lunacy, a propensity to tell tell tall tales? Because that seemed like his thing so far. Uh, Or was it something else? The author seems sincere enough to rule out deceit. His straightforward manner of narration tends to eliminate lunacy as the answer. That leaves something else. The question is what? (laughs) It's pretty uh, easy. uh, There's not much thought put into something else. Uh, that just leaves it up to, I assume the reader, us
1: to determine what that could be. So, um, I guess if I can, I, uh, I'd like to just read this, this one or two sentences here that sort of sums up the, well, sums up revelations and like it's, it's particular development and context within, uh, within the Bible here. Um, the, uh, book of revelation is written in a wonderfully picturesque manner. Uh, It's filled with complex and imaginative symbolism. Oh, you're back there again? (laughs) Am I? Because the pictures revealed to John were symbols. Revelation can be used to predict an imminent end of the world at almost any historical epoch, which that's what I thought was interesting because like how we mentioned before that uh, a lot of the uh, apocalyptic uh, religions are, you know, they have cycles. And so I just thought it was interesting here that this is specifically written in a way that it can be applied to any time.
0: So. Well, they mentioned that John, uh, his visions were seemingly of like, almost like a cartoonish type of thing that, uh, that he, he could see words on like the, the seven heads and shit like that. And that they mentioned that something was giving him like the images themselves. And um, again, it's, it almost seems like, I mean, let me find the page here where it says, all uh, oh, right here it says, uh, the fact, uh, the fact that actual words, quote. Uh, 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 parentheses, blasphemous names were written upon the heads of the creature revealed that John was looking at an illustration with labels, much like an old-fashioned political cartoon. says, although the author (laughs) does not specifically say so, it is likely that many other visions on the scrolls were labeled in a similar fashion. So is he reading like uh, old-timey comic books written by the custodians and while he's in in some kind of drug-induced hallucination there? And he's—they're feeding him all these like adult swim oh, cartoons and shit. Actually, I—I
2: like I know what John saw now. And what was that? <laughs> they just put the glasses on him from They Live. <laughs> or <laughs> probably. <right. laughs>
0: um, there was another thing that they mentioned here too, and I put it in my notes: is John a pussy? And that was <laughs> because uh, there's a situ- there's a point here where it says uh, in the above passage from Revelation, and that's uh, where they. He has the, the quote here. I'm not going to read it though. Um, let's see here. So, the above passage of Revelation we, we observe that John reacted with strong emotions to what was going on around him. Oh, he was yeah. especially prone to weeping on relatively little provocation, and he seemed unable to distinguish between ritual and apparent reality. And this raises the question about his mental state. So and I'm, like,
2: I'm kind of <laughs> curious. So, talking about like the ritual that was supposed to be going on. Um, I brought up my notes because I'm going to be a surprise to you guys. But on page 139, uh, fucking Bramley talks about how John was taken up into, you know, the heavens or whatever. And But he oh. basically breaks it down to where it's like, oh, if you just ask somebody modern day what they would have Like, oh, I was taken to a spacecraft. I saw people in their spacesuits and there seemed to be a radio da, 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 bullshit thing. But then he goes to talk about, uh, like, oh, but the presence of seven la- uh, seven lamps and seven candles – Mm-hmm. indicates that there's some sort of ritual set up that's like well what's the modern day correlate of that fucking bramley you're so fucking smart you know like <laughs> but he just goes okay but now like here i you know uh modernize it and now oh wait back to the ritual um but it's just like this is like this jarring jump of logic where it was just really kind of hard to fall and the and I kept trying to like reread that over and over and go like, this makes sense, right? No, it doesn't. At least to me, like, <clears throat> yeah. Um, of those like, you know, Bramley, trust me moments. Uh, there are a lot of those. Yeah.
0: Like we've mentioned, yeah, before. this book could
2: be called, you know, the gods of trust me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that snake from fucking right. subtitle. You know? I know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah so like the apocalypse of John the book of revelations we don't really know exactly what uh caused or if anything maybe was this his own doing was this him praying so hard that uh these things were revealed to him um but or was it i a mean we can easily, uh, i i i can feel i can confidently ritual. say that he was under some kind of mental duress um and probably, mm. he probably ate like a mushroom or something around there that was a little bit uh uh, funny. Yep. And, <laughs> it, visions go on ahead, you know what I mean? Okay. So I know people, well, people people talk about like the burning bush with Moses and stuff like that. Yeah. And that how that probably had some kind of uh, psychedelic chemicals yep. as well. So he's hearing voices. He's seen a fucking burning bush on top of that. So I mean, who knows? Breathe deep. My alternative hypothesis is that say this
2: is, you know, the Saint John, you know, the disciple, he's an exile. Maybe he's just really fucking bored, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: like, well what if? he's a really <laughs> then he's a pretty damn good writer and has one hell of an imagination because shit to pull all this out of nowhere out of thin air,
2: I mean, yeah, just I'm, like George Lucas, oh wait, that's not accurate. he just took me all this other stuff, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so I mean, anything else to add about the apocalypse of John um. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I don't really feel that there was much to it. I mean, uh, what does what's John, uh, where is so, he getting these uh, visions from? Uh, who did he? Is he the same they, John from uh, the Gospels?
1: Um, they do mention that, like, uh, uh, John was offered a scroll. Uh, here we go. Went to the angel and said to him, give me the little scroll. And he said to me, take it and eat it up. And it will make your your belly bitter, but it's acid, okay. Bro. It's acid, that's bro. In what your I want to ask about. As all right. that's so acid, let's, man. let's
2: be real, guys. All right, what have we taken that's sweet to the taste and then bitter to the belly? Because I'm not sure what the fuck that means. I mean, I haven't danced with like heavy psychedelics or whatever. But like, does is, does acid like do that? Like, I don't I don't, acid, I don't. I don't think like, acid. I don't think acid has any sort of taste. If you some bad just... acid, I'd be worried. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just, I'm just like going like, okay. But I mean, like, that's, because this is another like Bramley trust me moments because it's like, oh, this means it's a hallucinogen. Well, remember but this sounds like somebody talks about like injecting marijuana. You, you, and you know, you know, like shrooms, shrooms, I mean, no, normally
0: what like uh, acid is on a little like paper tag, like little yeah, yeah, no, no,
2: and that's what yeah. Bramley's trying to get you. But like, but the whole thing, he, he was like coming back and like, cause he brings it up like two or three times about how it's. It's significant that it's sweet to the tongue and bitter to the belly, so it's drugs. Yeah. You know, and but then he doesn't like even go into Bramley you know, like, oh, this could have been you know some you know whatever. You know, like, he just like, oh, it must be drugs. It, it's got to <laughs> be drugs. I've I've heard. Well, drugs he says in here that uh,
1: <laughs> it's like once he you know, uh, he eats this, he he uh, magically came to know, posits it as a as a document, right? And once he he eats this. This uh, sheet of paper or whatever, he he absorbs this knowledge instantly. I mean, this is like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers like, level <laughs> <So> rhetoric. <laughs> Here's it the thing, like, like you just like, mentioned, like, Ray... Um, Acid tabs are on paper. So, you know, and he, but did, he took, he took a whole scroll. He probably Yeah, paper he had a whole else. scroll like. saturated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you don't get the seven head dragons without a scroll, my friend. Without <laughs> a shitload.
2: <laughs> um, but also, um, a sheet of acid. But I guess to tie this back, you know, because for further cases or instances where you've got angels that are potentially drugging people, he goes back to Ezekiel. Oh, to Ezekiel. Um, and his little sky trip as well for that. because um, there's also reference to eat this, you know, sweet to taste, bitter to the belly, um, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um yeah, I just had to wonder, like, could it just sound like somebody who's heard that drugs are a thing that people take is describing what drugs do, like <laughs>
1: <laughs> um strong drugs. Chapter 14, Chapter fourteen: The Plagues, the
0: plagues of, of, of Justinian. Of Justinian. Uh, Christianity is uh, spreading around uh, whatever part of the world it is at this particular time. Those Christian Christian crimes, so to speak, that result uh, excommunication being like one of the ones that's uh, the most
1: severe, the most yeah. extreme. Yeah, yeah. Um, because without without uh, without a religion, there is no chance for salvation, and you are
2: damned. <laughs> but we see a lot of changes to Christianity happening around this time. Mm. Um, So this is when you hear the, or we get reintroduced to, or maybe the reader is first introduced to to the character of Constantine, who was uh, emperor of the Byzantium Empire for a while. And he, you know, the lore goes basically, whatever, doesn't really matter, but he gets in his head that, no, they need to be a Christian, uh, Christian, you know, country.
3: Right.
1: He was trying so, to, um, he was trying to drive them towards a monotheistic uh, uh, belief system.
2: Yeah. So, but within this, um, there's some very important things that Constantine does, and then it, he starts the trend, and then it's carried out by other figures, uh, ending in, uh, or at least in this part of the story, ending with Justinian. Um, But we have the first uh, Council of Nicaea, 532 Mm. AD, I believe it was. Um, Then you have uh, the second Synod. Um, But basically there's just little things that start getting snipped out of uh, the Bible. You know, books where authorship is really questionable. Uh, Mentions of reincarnation, which was apparently a very important idea to Jesus and his early followers. And that was struck from Um, from the... But more, most importantly, you start getting uh, the worst you can get. It was excommunicated back in the day, uh, but now new crimes came about: uh, heresy and paganism. paganism. Yeah. And instead of just you know, oh hey, you know, we'll just kick them out. No, these were like death penalty uh, right. crimes. Now,
0: um, yep. This is what happens when a uh, religion goes political. You know.
1: Um, right. Well, um, but also importantly, even even like, before Constantine a lot of things that happened
2: like to the world because of like Constantine and Justinian's, you know, nonsense, mm-hmm. Um, because you get the foundations for feudalism with Constantine's, you know, kind of like right. blind obedience, you know, blind faith rather than faith by reason. Um You get the idea of uh, kind of like almost like social castes being implemented into the Roman empire, where if you're a peasant, you born a peasant, die a peasant.
0: Um, Right. One of the things I did want to bring up was the reason, uh, the vision Constantine had uh, regarding Jesus Uh, said, uh, let me just read it here. In fact, about the time of the day when the sun having passed its uh, meridian began to decline towards the West, he saw a pillar of light in the form of a cross on which he was inscribed in this, in this the the conqueror, in this conqueror. Uh, the appearance of the signs struck him with amazement, and doubting his own eyes, he asked those around him if they could see what he did, and as unanimously declared that they could. And the, the emperor's mind was strengthened by the divine and miraculous apparition. On the following night, while he slept, he saw Christ, who directed him to make a standard flag according to the pattern he had been shown, and to use it against his enemies as a guarantee of victory. Obedient to the divine command, he had a standard made, standard uh, flag made in the form of a cross, and which he preserved in the palace until this day. So I mean, uh, I I had heard somewhat of the story where he was like in battle, and then he ended up no. seeing had that, that vision, vision. You yeah, know. and then like everyone else saw it too or something. So you think if he had asked his subordinates if they had seen this as well, and they said no. W- being the person that he was like introducing these new Christian crimes that he wasn't yeah, no, no, no. opposed to he, like
2: okay so like doing the something to them. He began introducing these new crimes Yeah, so yeah. he was probably a rotten son of a bitch before oh, the yeah, revelation sure, yeah. of Christianity yeah, so, so they're gonna like, just go oh, along with yeah, what he yeah. says yeah we saw that <laughs> sire oh, I, I don't yeah. think it would have made oh, a difference oh don't worry about it we'll get there in a few
1: already the guy was already pushing towards like incorporating these these uh Christianity's ideals into his own uh Yeah, because wasn't, uh,
2: wasn't there a little bit in this empire. chapter where it was like he was trying to kind of like promote the type of monotheism that like Aginaton yeah. was uh, trying his to promote father, in
1: Egypt? Yeah, his father was a monotheist. And so he was trying to find something to legitimize that form of belief because... Uh, the irony in, the, in Christianity is that before Constantine came ac- came along and 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 gave them a, sort of a, a state backing. Well, he was um, like persecuted they were Christians the one, at this point, right? Yeah, too, yeah they this. were the ones. The Christians for the first 300 yes. years, they were highly persecuted yeah. until Constantine. And then they turned around and started fucking everyone else up. So Yeah, I you just, think
2: the Christian right has something to whine about today. You know, let's get another Constantine out, yeah. you know, like <laughs> you know, or an anti-Constantine. Anti-
1: like, uh, now it's our turn to give you the whooping. <laughs> assume the position, <laughs> you know, like they didn't learn from it. Uh, but the, that sort of goes back to the, the uh, custodial influence or whatever that they, um, they, they promote and, and support the, you know, the infighting of, of all, of all cultures. And so this just falls into that, into that, uh, that plan.
0: So after, uh, Constantine and his, uh, methods, uh we have the Emperor Justinian coming into play. Um and he,
2: he um, well, further, you know, that di- helped dial uh Catholicism up to
0: Right, 11. didn't he outlaw yeah.
1: other was yeah, he the one under, that, that under, outlawed other Under religions? Justinian,
0: the hunting of heretics became a frequent activity and the practice yeah. of burning heretics at the stake began. Um So I I, I did like uh, what you had put there in your notes, Daniel. uh, I'll call him Heretic Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the rise of Justinian, the Heretic Hunter. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs)
2: Um, So... Let's get to the the subject matter, like the actual meat of this. You know, there's a little historical background. We're going to have a little bit more of it, you know, because we're going to talk about the history of plague a little bit. But, you know, the plagues of Justinian. Um, So circa 540 to 592 common era, uh, bubonic plague hits Europe. Um, They they end up calling it Justinian's plague because it actually started in his domain. his rule. Yeah. And was fucking awful. And- and it was art, and it was thought that it was a punishment from God. Um, apparently, the word "plague" is from the Latin, meaning you know, wound or blow. So, a blow from God, a wound from God. Right. Um, and we get into a fun little history of plague because he goes into like bubonic versus pneumonic plague. Um, but who wants to get into the fun shit where it's you know the association of aerial phenomenon?
1: And plague,
2: the associate
1: Um, like the direct association or or, uh, influence of the uh, custodians. Um, Are you talking about the part where there was like
0: strange sights reported in the sky? Right. They they mentioned
1: that. uh, that, So, the reason they uh, Bramley writes, I think, about those two types of plague is to just sort of explain, you know, their their origins. But then he goes into what. uh, Well, he he explains that this. there was Some a of the weirdness th- uh, of the timings of right. the plague. So, is that what
2: you're going to try to get to? Because um, when it comes to bubonic plague, apparently it's not supposed
1: to be passed from be. person to person. Right, it can't. Um, it can only be transferred from an animal to a person. It can't be transferred uh,
0: The mnemonic is more aerial, like you can uh, Right, yeah, and so the, and the
1: mnemonic is where he brings in the sightings of the comets, because uh, it's a so, uh, it's fatal. There's there's uh, they're, I think for the bu- for the bubonic plague, they're actually you know they there are ways for them to survive it, but the uh, mnemonic is then, mostly fatal. Don't they go and, that, um, deeper into that
0: into the Black Death chapter? Right. right. Uh, Daniel, are, are you referring but, uh, to like uh, the part like uh, towards the end of this uh, chapter where it says uh, the one reason people thought the plague to be from God was the frequent appearance of unusual aerial phenomenon in the conjunction with outbreaks of the plague. Uh, yes, One chronicler and I. I
2: fucked up because I was jumping ahead a little bit because I forgot about the Black Death
0: chapter coming up. Yeah.
2: Um, so I I conflated them a little bit. Um, my apologies. That's
0: right. Let <laughs> uh, me okay. continue, uh, continue, like continue a bit of with this early... one here because like, this is pretty much the end of the chapter, uh, yeah. this last part. So it's it says, One of chronicler of the Justin, Justinian plague was a famous historian, Gregory of Tours, who documented a number of unusual events from the plague years. Gregory reports that... Just before Justinian's plague invaded the, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, mm-hmm. region of France in 567 A.D., three or four oh. brilliant lights appeared around the sun, and the heavens appeared to be on fire. And he says, I don't know what the sun dog effect is. I've never heard of that. First I suddenly. don't either. It's- and it says, uh, another unusual celestial phenomenon were also seen in the area. Another historian reported a similar event 23 years later in another, yeah, another part of France. Uh, strange sights were reported in the sky and oh, the ground Avignon. sometimes are yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, brilliantly illuminated at the sky as in the day. And then if, shortly after that, disastrous outbreak of the plague occurred.
1: I thought it was Aubergine.
0: Uh, but I uh, yeah, I'm right not saying. too sure how to pronounce that. Uh, but they mentioned that there was oh, uh, an immense uh, was dragon which floated perfect. in the through the city and down to the sea, followed by severe outbreak oh. of the plague immediately afterwards.
2: No, I think Avrignan is the first one on that on page one forty nine. Yes, that was I the think one Avignon is is the uh, later because that's where the
1: the Strange second sites. pope,
2: the anti pope or whatever, mm. was housed at. <laughs> which you'll yeah. get. Which uh, so this chapter, I'm not sure why he just didn't you know take this chapter and take the Black Death and just put them together because the Stuff that he's talking that we just referenced about, like the strange sightings and so forth, yeah, comes he talks right about back. We'll you know, work. he talks about directly what happened at Avignon, like what was at play. Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, this just, is this is, but it's just uh, you know, but once again, the convenient plot armor of well, stuff mentioned early may not make sense now, but it will later, and vice versa. Um,
0: <laughs> I, th- I think Bramley, t- uh, he mentions that he takes the way he goes through the these chapters chronologically is that this is apparently happening at the same time that this is happening in France. So yeah. he's trying to like uh, put everything in a chronological sense. But again, you, that would benefit just to mention that other Black Death stuff right, right at the same time as he's mentioning this because it's literally the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, was there any other... Part to this,
2: it's it like, no, short are just and beyond,
0: but that's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, the next chapter is chapter fifteen, Muhammad Muhammad, Muhammad. 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 Now the only thing I have in here is Muhammad is the Islam dude. I I I wasn't too fond of this chapter because I mean I feel like he would, like uh, Bramley went like even further than he had to go, personally. Uh, to kind of get his point across, I mean, it's titled as Muhammad, so you think it may be just Muhammad, but he kind of goes no, but off then he and brings in the, as the as well. fucking Crusades,
2: yeah, and the Crusades, you know? the Templars, the Teutonic the, yeah. Knights,
0: uh, the Knight Hosp Hospitaller, <laughs> which was funny because it just says that those were uh, they were they operated a hospital in Jerusalem, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's right? Funny. And then well, uh, they became like the Knights yeah, of uh,
1: Saint, was it John?
2: The yeah, Knights of Saint John hospitalers or whatever when they became militarized yeah, during the right. crusades um, but
0: and here it brings in like that um, in this
2: chapter we start talking about you know we start getting introduced to some of these you know, knight organizations which get you know reformulated later in uh,
1: right and Talk a, you know the the templars the Teutonic knights yeah and the knight uh, hospitaller hospitaller
0: yeah so uh but before all that he does mention uh talks about Muhammad a little bit and how he came came about um and how he received his visions also in a cave um yep. and it was triggered by an apparition. he saw a ghost, and this is the thing that gave him his uh revelation, so to speak mm-hmm. um That's another uh
1: life of the messiah stuff. yeah
0: and um I didn't know this uh Islam. I mean, I knew it at the time that I did read this, but not, I forgot it. Uh, Where Islam means surrender and uh, his followers are surrendered to God and that's why they're called Muslims. And Muslim means one who submits. And Islam is more a custodial religion designed to instill abject obedience in humans. Now it seems like it went even further with trying to like instill that obedience in their subjects. Because, I mean, Jesus Jesus seemed to have tried to like break away from that. Uh, so there's like the conflict there between those who just are following well, the certainly, obedience, yeah.
2: You know, and I'm I'm not a student of Islam, but neither are I. Would not us, be yeah. surprised if the Quran went through a series uh, a series of edits similar to what the New Testament went through. Um, yeah. To fit the fucking narrative, you know, of the shahs and so forth.
0: Right. And it it seems that uh, Islam was even more strict than the Christianity attempted to be. Um, And, I mean, you see it now with, like, certain conflicts of uh, the religion. You have, like... uh, I guess those who claim it to be peaceful, like just like Christianity, same thing. And then there's kind of like those middle ground people, <clears throat> and then there's the extremists. And there are Christian extremists, yeah. And it well, so. comes
2: down to kind of like like you having some issues with uh, or within like Hebrew communities, you know, as far as like descendants of whom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe some of like the like the Shia, uh or Shia and like Sunni split was like who actually was in the line of Muhammad or right. what have you. Um, and, uh, and, I, and I think it's fa- fascinating. And I think that there had to have been series of edits to the Quran um, for political gains, because, you know, what is the caliphate? He's supposed to be the, you know, fucking, you know, spiritual or direct, you know, ancestor of fucking Muhammad. Oh,
0: right, and it's it's kind of like goes along the line of the Zoroaster that we talked about earlier, like the succession of savior or like messiahs that come through. So we had like Jesus, now we have Muhammad, and again, right,
2: uh, and the Quran does acknowledge Jesus and some of the other yeah. uh, and Old Moses prophets and uh, Abraham, like Abraham. teachers yeah. or whatever, like they're on the path or whatever. But you know, like Islam is like the the end all be all to these religions or at least that's how Bramley kind of poses it. But,
0: well, yeah, cause I mean, uh, it
2: is, I don't te- know te- technically that's, like,
0: uh, Islam is the, the last incarnation the last of the religion. Abrahamic yeah. religions. So, I mean, I guess that would be the end all be all in that case, uh, because this is the last right, where, uh, incarnation that has come Jesus
2: through. was a prophet, you know, yeah. and respected kind of like teacher, you know, whatever. So it's, so it's fascinating how things have gotten you know, subverted from the alleged initial intent of what Islam was supposed to be to the extremism and stuff we have. But you know that
0: But you get into like the the violent uh aspects of Islam. Uh just you're gonna read it right here. It says uh Muhammad honored Moses and Jesus as Allah's two previous messengers and proclaimed Islam to be the third and final revelation from God. Like we just mentioned earlier, it was mm. therefore the duty of all Jews and Christians to convert to Islam. So yes, again, which is that's where we start getting into some shady shit right there. The Hebrews and Christians tended to be less than cooperative with Muhammad's demand. And after, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's slightly said, right? Bramley uh, does
2: write pretty funny sometimes. <laughs> like, just
0: says, after all, they had been warned in their own apocalyptic writings about the dangers of false prophets. And the false result prophets. has been some of the bloodiest fighting in world history. So, I mean, like they, they pretty much, uh, again, to continue with the whole war aspect of this book and uh constant fighting amongst the humans, they, like, they fuck themselves by adding that little clause is that there's going to be people coming around claiming to be the Messiah, so you should not believe them. And then the next person comes around and says, they're the Messiah, so you need to convert to us. But they're like, well, we can't because we think you're a false prophet. No, die. And then it just goes right. on from there, so... Uh, but one of the, it says, it says right here, it says, Like so many custodial religions before, it, Islam did not allow people the luxury of choosing whether or not to become adherents. Muhammad embarked on a, a program of conquest to cl- to make it clear which way the choice was to go. Using the taxes as a generalismo, uh, the divinely inspired Muhammad raised an army and set off to convert unfaithful ones, also known as infidels, to his faith. Yeah. So that's where all this like starts to uh, all these wars and shit the Crusades all that all this nonsense just starts popping up, and then the wars ensue
1: um more of it more of it starts popping up uh,
0: after this it kind of like I lose it because I mean there's a lot of names being dropped and stuff about who's fighting who but you know like sure. everybody's fighting,
1: but we
2: have some some important things that happen yeah. um you've got the creation of the Knights of Malta and the Knights Templars that mm-hmm. became known there, you know, they have their earlier names and they have their changes da, 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 when they had to get kicked out of countries or whatever. But you have these groups that are being established um, and particularly the Knights Templar, associated with Freemasonry is going to become very re- relevant later. Um, right. But you also have the rise of the assassins, um, which are, it's like a, kind of like a Knights Templar, but, of Islam
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, which is fascinating and this is when you know the idea of the lone assassin gets implemented into um, political theater I guess um, and um, so the lone assassin that gets you know as implications later on so that's something important to bring up um, then you also have the, the creation of the Dominican and Franciscan orders by the Catholic Church. Um, the Franciscans kind of the, you know, silly-ass friar tux that you know. Also from, themselves adopting, like,
1: symbol, symbol, uh, symbolism yeah, from the Yeah, uh, the Court of the, the Loins and then, right. like,
2: the bald spot back here. Apron. Um, well, no, they didn't. I don't think they had an apron. Did they? Modeled after, like, Egyptian and yes. potentially Mesopotamian priesthood folk. And then you have the Dominican order, which they become the heads of the fucking Inquisition, which ah, kicks yes. off around the Crusades time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, skipping all of the 130 years of bloodshed, we get to the 10 year truce, which is fucking fascinating. Does anyone want to like, take that away?
1: Um before we go into that, I sort of wanted to mention just a quick bit about the Assassins uh, sect. That y- you mentioned, yeah, that they um, they bring in the idea of the lone assassin. But aside from that, a lot of the their 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 religious system was uh, later sort of adopted and or incorporated into uh, the Templar beliefs, and that was actually has implications for later on with the Freemasons. Um, so they, they do have quite a bit of uh, uh, significance uh, uh, later on, and uh, it isn't it isn't something that's um, uh, widely known. And I just thought that was really interesting. Um, but yeah, so
2: where is it? Were you trying to get into the whole? Uh- Yeah. Convincing Um, how or convincing these guys to become lone assassins bit?
1: No, 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 no. That, I I thought they'd actually said that was kind of a, like a, like a myth sort of thing that, like, they more than likely operated within, within small groups as well. And that later on, that, uh, oh,
2: no, no, no. no. That was adopted. uh,
1: The way that, you know, the oh, assassin the they order was able to like recruit people. Brainwash these people and get them to do th- very ridiculously, uh, yeah, because extreme- they're,
2: they're likely because you know, assassins, you know, they struck out in public, you know, so sometimes on themselves or in small groups or whatever, but it's very likely they're gonna be captured or killed on yes. the spot, you
1: know? But they they didn't, uh, and the, the reason that, uh, supposedly they were able to uh, put themselves through this, uh, is because they believed that, uh, you know, when they were killed, they would they would go back to that, um, go back to that heaven. That uh, apparently that the, that is, a,
2: yeah. So what uh, what happened to these dudes the, is that you know they'd get approached by the assassin guys, yeah, drugged, yep, uh, taken to, they would take um, to a, a garden. garden within yeah. the Eagle's Nest Fortress of the Assassins, where yeah. it's a you know, Just this beautiful bucking, bitches so and blow. It's supposed to all represent all the, the place, Garden of you know? Eden,
1: sort of thing. <laughs> And where they get, you know, they have the
2: time of their life, and then they're fruit, drugged again, dropped where they're off, and, and they're convinced and that they, tease. you know, died, went to heaven, came back. And then, yeah. so then these assassin guys are, or assassin, you know, leaders are like,
1: Like, hey, you, you know, want another taste? Uh, well, uh, you want
2: you want, you want want more of that? All right, well, here's the job, bud. And they'll like, kill well, the president. yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And um, so they were under the impression that even if uh, – once they once they complete their mission and they're, you know, they're they're dis- they're destroyed, they would go into go back to that heaven sort of thing. But it was an interesting form of brainwashing is uh what they, they refer to it as. Yeah, or rather and Bramley. Bring that up, you know, the I idea of,
2: you know, ancient brainwashing techniques that may have been employed. Um because later chapters uh next episode we're gonna be going back getting back into the idea of uh the lone assassin here and there so um so more for for later so we're we're gonna bramley this and be like okay but more on that later guys trust us um <laughs> but that's um, the only
0: way to do it man
1: where does that leave us uh the 10-year truce. Oh, ah, yeah. Which is, so, uh, which, like I'd mentioned, I'd mentioned a little bit of that before is when I was talking about the natural state of humanity, not uh, yeah. not being that of warfare, and that 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 is exactly uh, the uh, example that uh, that Bramley uses to suggest. Yeah. Um. So, the
2: story goes that Frederick the Second was in trouble with the Pope and was in uh, getting ready to become excommunicated. But before that could go down, he said, fuck it, and took himself and negotiated uh, guess, a, a cohort of some folks down to Jerusalem and negotiated a fucking peace treaty with the Muslims. And it was going to run for 10 years, and the I believe the terms were that there's going to be no fighting. Um but the Christians could not arm themselves, I believe. Um, but evidently, it fucking
1: it worked very well. It worked, um, and a lot of the warring uh, 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 officials on both sides were pissed as fuck about it because they wanted to they wanted to kill each other. And this guy came and sort of like swept out swept it under swept a rug out from under them, and just I mean everything was chill for ten whole years um
2: yeah and the whole once again brotherhood custodial influence uh for the fighting is you know is what the christians and muslims thought that they were fighting for which was their right. their spiritual salvation and freedom you know my god's I, dick is bigger than yours
1: um <laughs> i think this was around the time that the knights templar set up uh, uh some some uh some strongholds within... uh, Yes, this is where you have
2: like some incipient banking um, startup in these kind of... uh,
1: Within the region. And uh, that was when they started... uh, Amassing wealth. Incorporating it, amassing wealth, and then also incorporating influences from the, uh, from the assassin sect uh, into their own, um, into their own uh, uh, organization. Um, Specifically, and this is going to be mentioned later, but uh, the the, the, uh, Degrees... Uh, that uh, the Freemasons use, um, and they had, uh, supposedly uh, tried to adopt from the Knights Templar, were themselves uh, specifically taken from the Assassins. Which I don't think
2: Bramley ever clearly demonstrated. Cause I, I went back through chapter, he, or this chapter. So um,
1: he mentions later, just like one or two sentences about. No, no, no. He how, does,
2: but he goes, but but then, but he doesn't. Mention the blue degrees at all in uh, chapter fifteen, even though he ma- no. makes the claim later yeah. that the idea exactly. for the blue degrees may have come from.
1: He jumps around. The yeah. it's almost like uh, a minor details. Um, like, are you Mackie. fucking kidding? Like, that's that was kind of like one of their main uh, uh, like systems of organization. Their 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 caste system or whatever was sort of. Based around around those degrees, the blue degrees. Um, I think there was like originally three, and then they upped it to six, because like, there was like three general generalized uh, title. and and the degrees are just they're they're like they're sort of like just job titles sort of thing because um, everyone has to go and they have to they have to enroll within this, you know, the boys club or whatever, and then it's okay, Roland.
2: We're gonna get there few more chapters we can talk all (laughs) about the blue degrees and the true degrees and speculative versus operative freemasonry and all this cool stuff i wrote notes
1: about that okay so uh
3: yeah anyways
1: just uh leaving off on that um but um
2: we get to the end of this chapter and we get another uh Bramley italicized moment where he writes that, um, war is the institution of criminality. War can never bring about spiritual improvement because criminality is one of the main causes of spiritual and mental deterioration, um, which leads to another cool premise Uh, from him. That's an interesting um,
1: quote. I, I liked that.
2: The biggest problem with using violent force to fight for a cause is that the rules of force operate on completely different principles than do the principles of right and wrong. Um, where he roughly sums up, um, as like the man with the fastest gun is not necessarily the man with the right ideals. Sure. Um, so I wish I read a better transition for this in my notes, but getting into Messiahs and means, um, here we go. Um, Oops. Wait, we're on chapter 15. Sorry, I've got to the long chapter. I'm stupid. So Bramley writes that uh, the Crusades and other religious conflicts have often been fueled by the issue of who is a true Messiah and who is not. Passions can run strong on this topic. It therefore behooves us at this time to discuss what a Messiah might or might not be. Chapter, chapter
0: 16, 16. Chapter, chapter, Messiah, and, 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 means. and means. Okay, so um, what is the definition of a Messiah? So is that someone that brings uh, salvation to, I mean, basically a group of people or people in general? And I guess uh, you can determine what salvation means to you
1: well, regarding that. I mean, he writes here that it has several meanings.
0: Well, yeah, but, but I mean, I'm just talking about like a general thing. Whenever yeah. someone thinks a Messiah, someone to come it's and just like save, a, like a religious people. leader.
1: Yeah. Uh, right. Like literal Horror.
0: saving. Like they want to come and save them from suffering, damnation, you name it. Um, yeah, he also calls them like the liberator, uh, teacher. Uh, it says, uh, Messiah could be anyone from a person who develops a successful science of the spirit to someone who is actually able to spiritually liberate the human race. Um, and we talked about uh, the Buddhist Matea, who's kind of like the, the friend that's going to come and just give you, give the you a quick, you know, few, I got few, a few
1: tips on living, you know. right? <laughs> I, I got a direct uh, translation if you want to hear it. Uh, um, sure, go ahead. The Hebrew word, uh, Mashiach, Mashiach. Meaning uh Messiah is the uh the one anointed with oil. Uh it's a ritual act uh, designated to elevate those uh for priestly royal or sometimes even prophetic roles. So all right. Um
0: and uh the messiah usually has uh the job of a second coming. Um there's right. never just one shot messiah guy. Like they always gotta yeah. come back. Let everyone live their lives, they're gonna come back, give everyone that good news. And right,
1: and it just again ties back into those those uh, the themes of cycles.
0: Yeah, the doomed the prophecies, because those uh, the returning is always uh, followed by something even worse. Uh,
2: what, what is it? What I think is interesting um, in this chapter
0: is, I mean, it's
2: a short ass chapter, and I, it could have been expanded quite a bit. I think you know, but
0: um, you can say that about every chapter in this book, though. Uh, yeah, mostly. Really. There, there are a few. Uh, there are some that are a little long. Well, I would those, say about 90% of dick, them can be girl. expanded upon regarding yeah. the fact that he's making quotes or uh, references and stuff that need to be explained in some certain certain kind of context. And he's just mm-hmm. too lazy to attempt to even uh, really I mean, flesh mean,
2: but it's this was a big project to begin with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To go even further, I mean, he probably would never fucking finish this book. I was actually you
0: know? mentioning to Bryce that this should have been, like, a, a series, like, fucking the, the yeah. Earth Chronicles, you know, if that's how much he wanted to flesh this out. But he said himself, he's not really a writer. He just yeah. kind of, like, took this upon himself, I mean, and here you go.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> References. When it kind of comes down to the brass tacks for this chapter, though, um, and it's interesting because Branley doesn't go, like, oh, here's how we recognize a savior. But. The Messiah, the way you fucking recognize them is if they're actually able to bring about that spirit, uh, science of the spirit or the science of salvation or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who claims to be what or who is, who is claimed to be what, um, it's whether they fucking produce results or not. Right. Um, but also it's like, but how are we supposed to identify that? Because if it's a science of the spirit or whatever, it's this new thing or whatever, um, I don't know. Um. Uh, you think
0: that maybe um like they, how they, do they, we just they, not
2: kill every fucking new guy that <laughs> well, I mean, out, he answers that like he, even if they have like a legitimate signs of the spirit, you know so how do he we answers, distinguish between you know the teaching is like a false prophet like Jesus versus, you know, the true teachings well, of Bill the Potter down you're, by the roof sort about it. any
0: sort of a major religion that has a messiah that's usually where the focus is. I mean, do you know how many messiahs come up? Probably like every yes, other week in this fucking world, and they have like minor, like mini cults following them. I mean, there's probably a shit ton, of that. and and in every fucking continent around the world, um, there's got to be some person who's claiming to be the messiah, and they have the answers. Yeah. I mean, just look at any cult that's come in the past. You have fucking Heaven's Gate, uh, motherfucking Apple White, and you also have uh, Jim Jones. And usually all these people like bring about their own apocalypse because they that have to they have to fulfill not- it themselves, uh, you know.
1: Is is kind of what what explains it. Um Daniel, you were sort of paraphrasing a clip clipping parts from the that paragraph talking about uh liberator prophesied uh, Messiah and how they how it's identified. Um did you did you mention here how uh Bramley just writes here the answer is simple uh the would be liberator must succeed. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much how Yeah. Like he has to be it. They have to earn. Know. They have to earn the title. It's God. It's not God given. But how do we recognize that? Yeah. Like, I mean, how, how does, does one world, succeed? Like yeah. how does
2: humankind like recognize that that's an actual like tried and tested? They you know, they
1: don't. They have to sort of assume that because basically it's 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 the winner who gets to dictate.
2: Because because uh, it just sounds like it's like putting like the cart before the horse sort of thing because like. The spiritual salvation comes about, and then they are definitely recognized as the Messiah. But the goal's already been achieved. So then, what does it matter if we refer to them as the Messiah? Because we're already like in that utopia or whatever. I'm not sure if I'm making like a whole lot of sense here, but it just that that is a it. Just seems like a, it's a weird argument for Bradley's making. Like you know that they have to succeed, but if they succeed, then the utopia is there. Then what does it matter? Um,
1: I don't know that they succeed why, within a within a uh, within a utopia. So. I, I think he just means they succeed within being recognized. Um, because like no, no, no. the it's, way all no, of these no, no. religions go that is that I mean like the utopia would anybody the utopia can claim
2: ref- to be can claim or be proclaimed to be the fucking Messiah. But it's whether or not they succeed in the mission that they actually. I, know, don't, I don't demonstrate think- that they are the Messiah like.
1: I don't think it's a, it's a put up or shut up sort of like situation for Branley I think. Um, I'm not sure he's referring to like the success of the religion because like how it's sort of stated no, throughout it's, all of these. Well,
2: it's not the, they're never, they, can call it they never it's get to the, they never get the to the final spirit, uh, the science of the spirit or the science of salvation however he fucking coins it. Um, they never reach come, none of these religions the ever lens reach. of Buddhism or the lens of Christianity or whatever. Um,
1: it's because, like, when you said utopia, man, uh, I to me that's that's the association of like the end, the end of of the religion, and by the like the very nature of all of these religions, there is the end is never within reach. It's always like they're striving towards this. Well, no, but it would always,
2: be like according to Bramley, it would be attained, like the utopia or whatever, not, because this because the. The liberation of the spirit is the whole fucking, you know, like becoming self-actualized spiritual beings or whatever is what the custodians try to prevent us from doing. I see. Yeah, you're so, right.
1: Because prophecy is not going to be okay.
2: Yeah. So mm. if so, if the fucking Messiah comes along, does it? Then everything should fall into line. And then what does it matter about proclaiming the Messiah after the fact? Like we're that we is there? a
1: weird contradiction that that he makes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like the going to come and do stating.
2: his fucking thing and like save us or whatever. Otherwise, it's all bullshit and don't is worry. Is that, is that is, really is, a claim,
0: or is that just an observation he's making quite. amongst all the religions themselves? Like that is their one of their the flaws that they have is that there there is the Messiah coming through, but uh it's gonna end. But if it doesn't, like they need to reach out at Utopia to succeed. But since I mean, like Jesus yeah, is that the the messiah? messiah. He hasn't technically succeeded, never so technically like, he's not
1: a messiah. Those people do not uh, satisfy uh, Bramley's definition of a messiah. Then, yeah, yeah. But yeah if the Muhammad either, gets rejected yeah.
2: outright, or whatever. Like, say Muhammad had it right, or say Elijah had it right, or whoever the fuck, or Ezekiel, and yeah. you know they die in obscurity or get nailed to a cross or whatever. Um, so it just seems like, despite op- opposition, it's like you know right you know right. So makes none of might, them are true messiahs know? then, it's I a suppose. Stupid, like fucking, I don't
0: know. Well, see, like uh, even like the the whole messiah thing is that like uh, we have I don't know the ending or the death of Muhammad. Uh, was he like taken up into like uh, the heavens like Jesus was whenever he came back from the dead? I don't know this for a fact uh like because jesus was the only one apparently that i know of again i don't know islam that he rose on the third day and then everyone right. saw him then he was taken up into heaven um preferably by a ufo uh i don't know if muhammad that happened to him in some way or another uh so um, technically i so guess i guess jesus would have succeeded muhammad, in some way muhammad's buried dude you see well there you go like
2: i mean uh uh, yeah, he died in June June 8, 6, 632.
0: But Muhammad uh, is Muhammad isn't considered a, a, like a divine figure, though, is he? Like he's just the like the last prophet. Jesus wasn't technically, according to them, a divine figure either. He was just a teacher and a prophet. You know what I mean? So yeah, like right.
1: Muhammad, exactly. yeah, Muhammad that isn't was, like the son sort of, of God. was later either, like. by Catholicism into into the.
2: All right, guys, let's go get religious studies, bachelor's, I guess. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll do Islam, rape. The, the one even Roland. bigger waste. Uh, oh. Hmm.
0: Hmm. How do you, uh, hmm. There you go.
1: What are you going to throw at me? Fucking. Zoroastrianism <laughs> Sure.
2: Um, Why not?
1: The, the one thing that would be an even bigger waste of money than our than like what we already spent our 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 lives on studying theology. Well,
2: I don't know, man. This next chapter makes me pissed that I didn't spend more time studying Mesoamerica because I have all these like refutations from my like kind of armchair and like <laughs> general survey understanding of this topic, and it's like God.
1: Damn yeah. It. <laughs> when you told when you told me that. You know, like you, you hope I remember some of the stuff from Tom. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, we're going, we're going into Mesoamerica, South America. Flying by God's, gods over over America, America. Over America.
0: early American civilization is part of a global society. Now, I know this is probably more y'all's uh alley as far as like symbolism and like different cultures and stuff like that. As to like, yeah,
1: uh, I mean, like we he, he mentions we like kind of like the and...
0: like the the fact that the Everything history. is like uh, shared amongst all the cultures, like certain symbols, the architecture, all that kind of the stuff. The
1: pyramids, the stepped pyramids uh, of the of the uh, the Maya and the uh,
0: and the symbols he mentions, of course, the, the early
1: snake. early pyramids, like like pre.
2: So like Ray, you may not be aware of this, but there were. Various attempts at pyramids in Egypt before, like, the great pyramid of Giza was constructed.
0: I, I, I'm um, i aware of that. I mean, I didn't think it was like a they did it one shot and then whatever successful that first time, oh, yeah. You know? But I
2: mean, there's like pyramids where like they're figuring out like their fucking like the angles oh, okay. of the fucking walls and shit. Okay, where, so like, there's, there's
0: like structures that uh, show like kind yeah, of uh,
2: yeah, the work like, in kind progress of like the evolution of thought or whatever. Gotcha, like, okay. There's literally a pyramid that like collapsed in on itself because the fucking angles were wrong, so there's some like. But there are also some earlier like step pyramids in Egypt, very similar to uh, Mesopotamian mastabas, like the or ziggurat kind of uh, yeah. super shape or super step pyramid uh, mm. form. Yeah, they they're fucking huge. Was
1: it the Temple of the Sun?
2: Uh, oh wait, oh the, of the Toltecs. Yeah, that's yeah. bigger than the
1: Pyramid of Giza. Bigger than Giza. Yeah. It dwarfs it. It's just ridiculous. Um,
2: and what's interesting, because I went and looked for some like little factoids and stuff about the pyramid constructions and these some of these uh, similarities. They used so I was a looking lot of up of some other
1: techniques. Uh, the the uh, so it's
2: thought that the supporting populations in Egypt and in um, uh, Mexico were I can't remember like what around what what modern cities that the uh, the pyramid of the sun is at, um, but. They're thought to have about the same like resident population, like thirty to forty thousand people. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, because initially I was reading Bramley stuff, I was like, "Well, fuck, you know, I, the Toltec was a huge, the Toltecs were like a big, you know, pretty big empire. They probably had a larger population to you know contribute to the construction effort." And then after some googling around, I went, like, "Oh, I guess I was incorrect." Um, so it's not a population dependent came thing. after
1: the Maya, right? Yes,
2: uh, the Toltec were, like, one of the groups that got absorbed into, like, the Aztec. Right. Um, Um, So I I believe the Toltecs were, like, circa 1300s, 1400s. because the Aztec were like relatively short lived. It was kind of like the Inca; how they came in and kind of like absorbed a bunch of other polities, and then set their own kind of flavor of statecraft, drawing on earlier traditions of the area.
0: Well, we can't really like. Uh, I mean, you have to kind of just look at the their culture, like whatever's left behind, to determine certain things that they attempted to do. Oh no, sure, but because I mean, have writing they, and stuff, and yeah. Well, like the writing and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, like was a lot of it survived. They have a lot of similarities even though like there were a lot of. Uh, uh, wars I've and stuff their like that. Like I, I read that, uh, or i like according to the book, like there's a lot of things that were destroyed. Uh, oh, absolutely! Well, yeah, by the tro- Spanish mostly. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like there's yeah, no, those are the, like those. The records Spanish that,
2: fucking destroyed so much stuff. but Stuff they couldn't up. destroy were or chose not to. But would
1: that was be- that was a sort of trend that most cultures did. I I mean, like they mentioned the the Library of Alexandria and how that mm-hmm. was burnt to the ground.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, so that's um, why I was kind of curious as to like, like in that situation like were were their libraries so to speak burnt yeah. to the ground um, it was Very a destroyed.
2: bunch of uh, parchments oh, okay um we have uh there are a few surviving uh codices from mm-hmm. the Aztec and Maya um there were some I think he was a Franciscan priest uh who oh, was a little sympathetic wrote- to the cause and he you know Basically, he adopted the uh, Populva. Was that? Was that the no, guy no, we're no, about? no. That, no, that was another dude. But there was like some priest who fucking, oh, you know, what was his name? smuggled these out of the fucking country um, before they got destroyed, and uh, and I think there's like something like like seven remaining codices of the Aztec. Um, okay, and some of them have like just crazy amounts of like you know are plants that are like drawn out on them and described and stuff. And we don't have an idea of like what those plants actually are supposed to be like, um, no, but there are things in these documents that we can identify, but then there's like plants and things where it's like, well, what is this? And so there's a lot of mystery surrounding this. So like, there's a whole bunch of just knowledge that was just completely pillaged and destroyed and fucked up when the Spanish hit the new world. Um, but they didn't fuck up things like, some of the base relief architecture, which had hieroglyphics on it, which researchers were yep. able to go and, you know, say, oh, this is the site of such and such ruled by this dickhead. Um but what was fucking crazy about Bramley's description of the similarities between, you know, old world sites and new world sites was the person he decided to reference. Um uh, uh, fucking uh, Raymond Cartier, who Bramley said was a story, and I bitch about this to you guys, you know, in private, but it's when I've started following the citations, I couldn't find anything in English about this guy, only in French. So that was a bit of a bitch. Um, but he's a fucking journalist. Um, not a historian, which is, I thought, was an interesting thing. So it's like, well, what are you trying to do here, Bramley? Is this a little bit of like just, well, he's talking about his history. So technically, he's a historian, even though professionally, he's a journalist. So I'm not sure if, if there was any like. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, distinction between them malicious intent um, by mm. Bramley to uh, misrepresent uh, the facts. Mm-hmm. But um, but even like Cartier's stuff, like it doesn't really hold up because there's more than just fucking pyramids that are shared in like Myalandia. Right. So this is more like bitching about Bramley because Bramley's like, yo, the only thing that stays consistent in Myalandia is, you know, pyramid yeah. construction.
1: Well, I mean, in the, in the later – the in the pictures, he's, he's got the the uh, comparison between the Eye of Oris and uh, – But he doesn't
2: say where that fucking other site no. is
1: in the New World.
2: Hmm. Because that looks North America – like, well, I mean, like, Mexico is part of North America, but that looks reminiscent of either something that might have been in, like, the modern United States – or maybe down in the fucking Andes.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was in South America. Um from, from, from But it didn't like a-
2: but you no, know, and I'm not a fucking expert, you know, but but you know, I studied more about North North America proper or not proper like but accepting Mexico, but like, you know, plains Indians and shit and those groups and then stuff in South America and iconographically um there's some early stuff in the Andes that looks similar. Now that I
1: think Pretty about suspicious it, suspicious stuff. Yeah,
2: but but once again, you know, Bramley going, "Oh, look at these things that are so similar," but then he doesn't really
0: point to anything. Demonstrate, specific? Yeah.
2: demonstrate. No, it he doesn't or reference follow or follow the rabbit hole a little further. Um, no, but but there's a ton of shit that the fucking folks of Mesoamerica, you know, shared through time. 260-day calendar system, fucking ball courts, um, along with these pyramids, uh, plaza constructions, um, and, uh, and also their pantheon, even though names change or whatever, but you had like, you know, the, a flying serpent here, a flying serpent there, you know, could be called Quetzalcoatl, you know, here and there, or by some other name, uh, like Tleiloc of the Maya, Mm -hmm. um, but, you, but it's kind of a case just like, you know, as Bramley and Sitchin trade, to, you know, the pantheons through time going like, oh, look at this, you know, Council of Twelve or whatever or Council of Nine or what have you. And you have these kind of the same gods with the same features showing up all over right. the old world. I think – You have that same shit going on in Mesoamerica.
1: I think uh, Tlaloc was – was he he was like the shadow shadow god – of sorts. Uh, like he was kind of a, a antagonist god as well like uh when i want to say like his counterpart in the old world was supposed to be um set if i'm mistaken i'm not sure i forget i'm i'm pretty weak on on egyptian pantheon
2: oh it's it's been
1: fucking but there there are plenty of fucking 15 parallels.
2: years since i've probably taken that fucking class <laughs> like no i never on i never egyptian arc. i
1: uh I never took the Egyptology stuff,
2: but um, but it just seems like you know Bramley is just kind of going like oh, kind of playing his little selective you know resources or res- or sourcing again.
0: Um, <clears throat> do you under, do do you uh, kind of determine why this chapter is placed in this particular part of the the book?
2: I have no fucking it idea. It seems
0: like it's kind of out of place considering that because it's going along. Considering he, doesn't, that he spends he doesn't most of the re- time talking America about
2: America or, like, the New World yeah. properly he, until um, the chapter on the founding of the United States and the World of Fire chapter and mm-hmm. then the Master Smith and the Angel uh, right. chapters. Yeah,
1: it is kind of oddly placed.
2: But yeah, no, this is a weird more thing of to it, just More, of, more just, of him
1: pl- doing, doing this. Um, but I weird, think he kind of like tries order. to
2: bring it back towards the end of this chapter. So, getting moving through uh, this a little bit, um, fucking Bramley has this one statement that really bothers me because it's also this like once another like bold claim doesn't follow it up, where he says that Jungian theories of the collective unconscious are hardly unsatisfactory when in terms of like accounting for like why people around the world are all building pyramids or all making ceramics of a certain style. And it's well why not? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, you just make this real fucking highbrow fucking statement and don't follow it up. Like fuck you, man. Like Mm that kind of sucks. Because you're just you're because also, you know, Jungian analysis is still super critical in folklore studies and all sorts of
1: shit. Um, I think, I think it's, a uh, yeah, the collective unconscious. Um, yeah. I, but, I would, I would believe that more, more along the lines of myself because um, what isn't there? Yeah. Just like you mentioned, what isn't there to say that like. All of these people have like a similar sort of imagination because, like, they live, we live in, in like similar environments, and that's yeah, where they draw we all have the inspiration for
2: bodies, similar mental capacities, you, you know, know, like, and they, then a shared tradition at one tree, point because we all came from the same fucking place, you know, yeah. and, You know, this sounds like we're getting into real hokey fucking kind of like pseudoscientific stuff because you know, there's nothing well, to back it up, but you know, <clears throat> it's really weird when you account for all these similarities without contact. Um Without thinking, you know, aliens or even like a mother culture of some sort that made their way around the globe and kind of like started setting up the, the seeds of civilization those, uh, here yeah. and there. Because like there are arguments that you know, fucking ancient Egyptian or ancient fucking Africans um,
1: made 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 their made way the over. voyage
2: over to the New World, and that's why we have pyramids. That's why you have some of the Olmec heads that look like they have mm. like African features and all this. Shit, you
1: know. Um, I mean it uh, is suspicious, but it's wild. But again, like I I kind of do like the idea of uh of the of Young's theory, uh, because again, like they pull uh they pull they they pull their themes from nature and like it's it's pretty much the same across the entire planet. They're they're, you know, different locales and climates, but you know, wherever you go, a cloud is a cloud, a tree is a tree, and so they can they can draw similar. Oh man, there be some of people that have a
2: fucking field day with your statements. I I knew yeah. a bunch of them in grad school, but we're not going <laughs> go to. <there>. Um. <laughs> yeah.
1: Fuck them. Man. Yeah. Um. So do I want to? I, but all the same, like I'm just saying that, like I think that I, I don't think that the, the, these ideas are like, you know, like Bramley should be as dismissive of them as as uh, he seems to be.
0: I don't know if it's necessarily dismissive, is is that he's kind of just general, he just generalizes everything, you know, because he's not, again, he's not trying to fit into his narrative. uh, He he hasn't gone into any sort of chapter too much to where, like, any sort of claim that he's making, he brings about, like, the actual context of it, you know. So, I mean, again, also a weird chapter to place in uh, the lineage of whatever's going on right now. So, I probably should have done better later on. Um, But, anyways. Is there anything oh. else you want to add to the, the bit of this chapter before we move on to the next? Um, yeah, just another little bit I
2: bitched about in my notes about um, he made the claim about, you know, oh, peoples of the early Americas thought that their uh, gods came from the stars or whatever and then talked about how Quetzalcoatl was allegedly associated with Venus. But I don't know, it's one of the many reasons why I wish I knew more about you know, like Mesoamerican, you know. Um,
0: yeah, I, I think that's uh, one of the reasons why. Yeah, uh, or one of the things that um, he's making the claim of, and you have to actually go and find out if you want to believe it. So, I mean, that's a lot of notes in the margins to go back and uh, verify for yourself as the reader. Chapter, Chapter 18, 18, eighteen: The Black, the black Death. Black death. Black. death. Um, so. I actually really enjoyed this chapter, to be honest. Just because I yeah. like, I have known of some of these uh, things for a long time, even before I had actually read this book uh, a couple years ago, or almost over a decade ago. So basically, uh, there's some record showing that like uh, people saw um, dudes were dressed in black with uh, what looked like uh, Scythes in their scythe. Is it scythe or seeds? Scythe. 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 scythe scythe and they, they they that's where you get like the grim reaper uh kind of right, image and exactly. stuff like that they
1: thought that they were swinging scythes over over the fields and cutting cutting the wheat and um based on uh what what Bramley here writes in is that uh they were actually holding like. Like spray guns, and they were they were spraying yeah. like poison. Well, yeah, because the description sort of is like you know these the guys were like
2: waving these sides that weren't cutting the fucking right, plants exactly. and shit.
1: This sort of ties into what was believed to be the actual uh, sort of uh, uh, reason the plague was spread uh, so uh, so much, um, because they like we talked about earlier the two types of plagues, the first type that. Uh, uh, is is transferred from fleas and rats or whatever? The bubonic is not, plague,
0: uh, yeah. huh? Oh, I'm just bubonic clarifying plague. the bubonic yeah. plague, right?
1: The bubonic plague. It's not. Uh, it's not transmittable. It's not. You can't. Uh, it's not transmittable from person to person. But the other one, the mnemonic, uh, is, uh, is 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 uh, actually related to these. Uh, supposedly related to these sightings because it um, is um, prefaced by a by a, a mist. Uh, A colored mist, I think they say. A foul
2: foul smelling mist. Uh, Some of these mists have colors. Um, I think what you're thinking about the color mist uh, stuff is associated with some of the deaths. It's reported in. um, So. That, you know, like as this person died from plague, a blue mist, you know, or a blue smoke escaped from their mouths. Their their mouths, Um,
1: yes. But they. I thought they did report quite a bit of sightings of actual mists uh, in areas of of of. Uh,
2: yes, but I'm not sure if they were like colored infection.
1: or whatever. But they were just like you know
2: they they, they call them like foul smelling mists, right? Um,
1: um, and they and had no way to defend against this uh, uh, for for the most part. I think they mentioned later on that uh, I forgot who suggests it, but they 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 make these giant bonfires, and that is you know yeah, it's fire. So like it just. Uh, if I think I think it's posited that this is like a form of germ germ warfare, bac- yeah. uh, bacteria mm-hmm. coming in and and infecting people, and so fire would would obviously uh, sanitize all of that uh, from the uh, from the area.
0: Well, they, but, Bramley uh, makes mention that uh, one of the reasons it was kind of a puzzling for this Black Death was that um, it was able to strike on isolated humans. Yeah, areas. Where, yeah, and then it would end like and also rapidly. In, um, Yeah,
1: it would always be in areas where there was no, uh, 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 there was no history of of like infection kind of thing. It was just well. Also, um,
2: it would hit um, unseasonally because yeah. it hit um, warm weather environments and right. pneumonic plague where it gets really bad. Usually, it like Cold. winter and people are in like you know tight spaces or whatever. Right. And also sort of like pass that shit around, but it's hitting parts of the world where they're basically you know in a summer paradise, and then you have droves of people being knocked by stuff that's supposed to be only transmitted by people, and these folks have been isolated forever. Um, right. It's fucking weird.
0: And uh, right. do you want to go into like uh, some of the sightings that uh, were yes. pre? So uh, we, we
2: talk about the mists. We talk about the plague doctors a little bit. Um, there are also associations of uh, or events the of uh, bright lights reported. Um, there were... Uh,
0: the large comets. The
2: mm-hmm. seven comets that were seen. Yeah. Um, the column of fire over the second pope's pad in Avignon. Um, God damn. Just cool, cool, cool stuff, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and so no- normally was like a certain uh, sightings such as this and the immediate uh, following of uh, this plague, I mean, people just uh, pretty much associated the two together. So right, it's a, a, it's a sign omen, from God. That's a bad omen, you know. Something, something's about to come. And then, sure enough, the plague shows up.
1: Yeah, they this, they, uh, mentioned, they mentioned a lot of sightings of comets, uh, or rather yeah. what they refer to as comets, that is posited to be uh, UFO activity. In, in, in actuality, UFO was... Uh,
2: You know, and with these plagues, you know, like in the time of Justinian and stuff and in the time of, you know, ancient society or more ancient societies that were promoting these, you know, apocalyptic uh, messages um, or religions rather. Well, this is another case of like an end of the world cataclysm. So is the fucking, you know, Messiah coming? And so this could be, you know. Population control, or just you know chemical warfare by not friendly custodial forces, or um, a way of, for the custodians to help perpetuate these apocalyptic doctrines, right? Because people hit these times of stress and they start going, "Oh Jesus, you know, save yes. us!" You know, <laughs> but you it must be Is um, a
1: new a new phenomenon because he does mention here that the Mesopotamian. Uh, 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 have records of uh, of uh, what may be what may be seen as chemical or biological defoliants in the air that are used. So um, it's just another association to custodial uh, yeah. fuckery.
0: Yeah. Um, what was the the part I did like? Uh, is this, uh, says that the there was a visit of strange men to the oat fields. Um, mm-hmm. was followed by the immediate severe of the outbreak as well. Uh it was a plague in Brandenburg. And mind you, the, the plague, it's giving uh sightings from uh different parts of the uh the world where uh the plague struck and then they they saw these things prior to that happening. Yeah,
2: like separate events in right. within these, you know, plague years.
1: Don't yeah, they mention yeah, one like- of the sightings is like they, they they see the uh they see the 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 men in black and uh like there's like a coffin floating above them or some such. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like they uh, see it, which I thought that was nuts. Was like, really. Well,
0: um, just and the- there was
1: one. There was one example where, uh, like it was a sighting that that was there for days before it actually like dissipated or 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 um, left. I I I want to say there were there were lights that were floating, um, for an extended period. Uh, so yeah, there's just a lot of really crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I just want
0: to. I want to take a an excerpt from uh, Bramley here. It says strange men, strange men dressed in black, demons in quotes, and other terrifying <laughs> figures were observed in other European communities. The frightening creatures were often observed carrying long brooms, uh, skids or uh, swords that were used to sweep or knock at the doors of people's, so homes. people's homes so they weren't just in the fucking fields they were going around like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that's already that, fuckers, that's already yeah. freaky enough as it is right the inhabitants of those homes fell ill with the plague afterwards and it was from these reports that the people created the popular image of death as a skeleton or demon carrying a, a sith uh the sith came to symbolize the act of death mowing down people like stalks of grain and looking at this haunting image of death um that's pretty fucking scary, man. I mean, dude, some random ass dude coming to your house dressed in the dressed in black with the just fucking knocks on your door. Just gets, knocks on your fucking door, like. <laughs> Do you I mean, have a uh, to you, talk about the Lord, that, that kind of like uh, that's almost like the personification of the angel of death in. Uh, is it the Book of Exodus where the the angel of death comes through the the Egypt and like uh, kills the firstborn?
1: Um, what was the name of the angel of death? Was that Uriel? I was I forgot. I
0: don't know like if it's named in the actual book, um, but I just know it's the angel of death. That's all,
1: and it, and it also and
0: it also comes like I, I mean if if I'm gonna go by the interpretation of uh, the Ten Commandments as a green mist <laughs> coming through the the town, which I mean it could have been not a that heavy part. I don't remember the actual through. quote from the Bible itself, um, so I couldn't I tell you. I think it was more turquoise. Thank you. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: It was more indigo. Scholars who <laughs> <should> disagree. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. <laughs> Let's see, mists, uh, s- s- vile-smelling mists, uh, right. and things Lethal. in the sky. Um, we have the sun turning to
1: uh, red, but that's has to do with like a uh, eclipse. They uh, sighted a monstrous whale in the sky. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh,
0: Couldn't that be like more of uh, just hallucination from the sickness? Maybe. Oh, but they're not it sounds sick. Sounds like before, a right?
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Mass hallucination.
2: I don't know. You guys had COVID recently. Like, you tell me.
0: (laughs) Um, I didn't have any hallucinations.
1: That would have been a nice uh, distraction. My mind was frozen solid. (laughs) Nope, nope. I felt like I jumped in lava, so I didn't quite have that experience.
0: Nah, I I didn't really have the the fever necessarily. It was just uh, being frozen. And uh, barely able oh, to I breathe. Oh, I had both. So.
1: Like, I had these, like, painful chills. Uh, oh, yeah, I can I, imagine I if move. you
0: had a fever and the temperature is below, like, 25 or 20, 25, 28, somewhere there, um, no power, no heat, it's going to get pretty rough. So.
1: Yeah, it's great timing. Fucking oh, yeah. wonderful. Crack out the barbecue pit to heat up my Campbell's.
0: Uh, there was also the fact that uh, the bubonic and pneumonic plagues weren't the only infectious diseases in the that carried uh, that spread uh, strange as strange lethal fogs as or miss yeah. uh, yeah, cholera, and a yeah. right? Those. Yeah, they do they some do intestinal it, disease. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, t- <laughs> yeah, I mean,
1: like, <laughs> uh, here we go. Let me go ahead and read that if you don't mind. Yes, when cholera ahead, broke yeah. out on her, uh, on board uh, Her Majesty's ship Britannia in the Black Sea in eighteen fifty four, several officers and men asserted positively that immediately prior to the outbreak a curious dark mist swept up from the sea and passed over the ship. The mist had barely cleared the vessel when the first case of disease was announced. And then they also mentioned the blue mists uh as another as another connection to cholera.
0: Yeah. Uh Roland, you had mentioned the coffin, that's on page one ninety two. Um, uh, when they're uh, discussing the December that, nights in the that year 1664. Is, uh, so it says... Um, distinctive. Uh, about east it rose, reaching no great altitude, and sank below the southwest horizon between 2 or 3 o'clock. In a week or two, it was gone. Then letters came from Vienna, notifying that the sight of the brilliant comet and the air of the prince of a coffin, which causes great anxiety of thought amongst the people.
1: Yeah, no shit. I think that's a <laughs> pretty easy given, right? It's just the coffin, guys. Relax. Right? Yeah. <laughs> be <a> pussy. <laughs> just. Chill. I mean, he was only hanging out for a week. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. Um.
0: And it's, uh Bramley says, like, the UFO civilization has no disease. Um. That's later on uh, 192. Says. Uh, yeah, and I was like, I. Wait, why how does he I, know that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sure. It says, uh, some I, I of the see. claim that the um, UFOs are here to help mankind and that UFOs will eradicate disease on Earth. The UFO civilization reportedly has no disease. Who reported it? Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, if the custodial civilization is indeed so healthy, perhaps it is only because it is not bombarding itself with germ weapons. And if UFOs and it's like, truly wait, is intended that, to- That's too, almost
2: like a non sequitur there, Bramley. <laughs> like- <laughs>
0: If the UFO is truly intended to bring help to the human race, maybe all they needed to do was to stop spraying infectious biological agents into the air. Was that it? <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently. Would
2: that really, would that really help?
0: And <laughs> mm-hmm. he does mention mm-hmm. that it, like not only that it killed people, that it caused like psychological, basically PTSD amongst the people. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, sure. It's, that's it's a byproduct of, of the infection, right? Mass trauma. Everywhere.
0: And he does mention within all this uh sickness and dying that the Christians had a renewed interest in exterminating the Jews.
2: Yes. <laughs> um apparently in Spain and Germany, um Jews were blamed for fucking like
1: all that. the plague. Dealing yeah. with the devil or yeah. whatever,
2: you know, to fucking get plague going about. And uh but Bramley ties it back to the Brotherhood because surprise, surprise, as far as the instigators in Germany went, um, most of them were from members of trade guilds that frequently had ties to the Brotherhood. Of course, he didn't say what groups, what ties. No. Just trust me, dude. They were Brotherhood motherfuckers, you know?
3: (laughs) I mean, Uh. he just...
1: Yeah, he just uses like the barest examples. Oh, they have initiation rites. Oh, they have, they they have mystical beliefs. Oh, they're they're a secret society, and these are all, uh, these are all hallmark uh, uh, features of brotherhood, uh, uh, influence and development, sort of thing. So, that's about as far as it, as as far as it, any of them go. Actually, that's that's like those are like his main reasonings uh, for pretty much all of all of the. Uh, all of these uh, organizations that he mentions which <laughs> i think that's kind of funny uh because i don't know why i was thinking of that collective unconsciousness stuff again uh that like okay say that these guys are all completely unrelated to each other and he's like the opposite is true of what he uh of what he's trying to uh to convey and it just, I just thought that would be funny to me. They have nothing to do with each other. They just independently developed on their own. And so you're wrong, Bramley. But whatever.
0: Well, the combination of uh, all these catastrophes, the plague, the genocides, of you know, inquisition and stuff like that. Right. Um, it, it says that the, Bramley says that the Catholic Church was on the brink of collapse and mm-hmm. that eventually during these times, like that's when like uh, new messages start to come about or new messengers, so to speak. Um, so, says, a uh, great many people were proclaiming that the end days were at hand. Well, I mean, obviously, right? You see comets, you see coffins, fucking you see fucking, fucking mists. dying everybody's, yeah, everybody's dying. dying. I mean,
1: what Was it like 50% of the population or some such? Well, like, I, don't,
0: I don't know the extent of that, but I mean...
2: No, no, no. Like That was a, a Bramley figure. It okay, was I, like, do. I don't remember that. It one. was like right. roughly supposed to be like 50% of the population of Europe went down.
0: Yeah. Like, well, it's not of the world, right? It's just of like Europe. Though. Well, you know, the known of world. Europe, yeah, yeah, yeah. The known the, world, like, okay, gotcha. The it's
1: Europe, yeah. Right. like
0: <laughs> The Europe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it says, uh, true prophecy out of the tumult emerged, new messengers from God with promises of imminent utopia and the teachings and proclamations of those new messiahs. I don't know if the messiahs is correct, but I mean it had an electrifying effect on the ravaged Europeans – and brought about an event of major importance: the Protestant yeah, Reformation. He's
1: throwing that word around a little too liberally. What the for Messiah? My, for my liking, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, um, because I, I, don't I recall, assume he's I don't referring to like. Uh, I, I assume he's
1: referring to like the offshoots of Christianity that, like, are, you know, are talked about in these later chapters. I don't think I've Roman ever chapters.
0: heard uh, Martin Luther recall, uh, referred to as a Messiah, like, ever. No, no, no. no. And no, or even or like, even like Joseph Smith or anything, you know, it's like
2: all I've
1: ever like heard him of. Yeah, like. yeah. and so
0: I don't mean, think he would
1: think of himself as that anyway, either.
0: Well, no, I mean that would be blasphemous, wouldn't it? I mean, because Jesus is the Messiah. But. Exactly. No. See,
2: now potentially he could have been a Messiah if his, you know, version of Christianity was that, you know, science of salvation. You know, oh, I so, guess I so, am, yeah, but so oh, but, but, that, that but I think knowledge like, but, of, but he didn't like, you know, he wasn't proclaimed or claimed to be Messiah, but he had kind of the similar path where he was like, you know, here is the way we need to do things, and I'm just trying to
1: like help you guys out it, a little bit. Um, I, I don't know that I would refer to like what he tried to do as a, as a science at all, like it just seemed more that like he was, oh just, no,
2: um. But adapting, you, adapting but isn't it to it his own funny how to his own has a contradiction in terms to begin with. When he talks about the science I'll of f- the spirit. Okay, hold
1: on. Hold on. We no. like that's the next chapter. Excuse me before we uh, before <laughs> I get into that about Martin Luther, um, chapter nineteen, chapter 19, 19 Luther and the, Rose. On the road, Rose. That is to say, uh, Martin Luther, sort of just starting or where I left off in talking about how he uh, Martin Luther, that is, uh, was uh, he was a Catholic priest, right? And uh, he became dissatisfied with uh, the uh, pra- the uh, practice of confession, the confessional. That is to say, you hey, maybe go we should bring you...
0: Jamie in on this. He's the, the Lutheran in this whole thing. He's a
1: Lutheran. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like I do like some like the idea that that he changes um, uh, the path to salvation, the path to forgiveness. Only in that like it's. Uh, Rowland. You're,
2: you're skipping over so much cool stuff in this chapter too, though. Like, oh my gosh. Um,
1: I, I just wanted to segue to talk about that, but if you want to go back in order, uh go ahead. Um I, was, yeah, I, mean, you're right. I guess we could, you know. No, no, you're right. You're right. Go ahead. It's fine. Um yeah, I uh well, you know because also this is like a
2: another Bramley like missed opportunity or overlooked opportunity. Oh yeah, absolutely. He only um, mentions when these
1: he, these guys like what? In a few – so far, like I don't know if, if, if it's brought up in, in, the, in the rest of the book, but I'm referring to the Illuminati. Yeah. So the Illuminati does come back up later, but
2: it's uh, mostly referring to Weishaupt's like false Illuminati as it's kind of known as. But Branley once again kind of just goes, trust me on this. This is what happened. Um, so apparently in Germany and other places, the Brotherhood became to be called the Illuminati. But then the let's move horns. on. <laughs> he yeah. then invokes the Rosicrucians. That's a hell of a transition,
0: um, though, to go from the Brotherhood to Illuminati, which, and there's no yeah, other explanation. And it's, it's and, not explored, yeah. you know?
2: And so, like, it's, it'd be cool to, you know, because because he just gives, like, offhand reference to, right. like, he just kind of, like, He'll kind of like flip, kind of interchange. I think like I think he just Illuminati mentions it as a way to talk about mostly he sticks to brotherhood unless he like talk about like Weisshop's uh Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Where he goes, oh, it's not that Illuminati, you know, blah, 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 the blah. hip hop we'll Illuminati. Get their next episode, <laughs> but um, I,
1: I just think he used it as a as a as a platform to, to uh, segue into the Rosicrucians uh, because there is a there there a branch of the Illuminati, and that's where right. he makes the association to Martin the direct association of Martin Luther
2: right um, but the thing is like you know okay so the brotherhood becomes known as the Illuminati whatever right now what influence does the Illuminati have at kind of like face value as far or at least in the because it's the same fucking dudes it's just all of a sudden they rebranded themselves but now you've got all these other kind of groups that are kind of like breaking off of these traditions which I think is fascinating um but – because, like, specifically, like, the Rosicrucians and the Friends of God. Sure. Um, but not, like, the Freemasons later because those are just, you know, recycled organizations that now have newly politicized or just a shakeup of how they're political units of uh, terror. Um, <laughs> but anyway. um Okay. So the Rosicrucians, though, I, uh, um, I I did get really caught up in the, the idea of that 108-year cycle they go through. Yeah, it's mm-hmm.
1: interesting where they have the period of activity and inactivity, right? Yeah, or, it's like outward uh, versus like
2: closed activity. So in times of like outward activity, for 108 years, they're out there just actually going like, hey, you there on the street, have you heard of Rosicrucianism?
1: Right, yeah.
2: Let's go have a chat. And then they're just like recruiting whoever the fuck, yep, you know. Yeah, converting um,
1: everyone they can.
2: And then after that hundred years them. ends, they go to their close cycles where recruitment still happens, but it's only right. to like family members of, of, of existing members. members. Right. And they don't fucking advertise. They're not printing pamphlets. They're not knocking on doors. Um, and so it gets this, um, and Brandley talks about this, and I don't remember the exact verbiage, but it's like, you know, so it has this appearance that, like, you know, the Ro- Rose Christians just disappear and then right. reemerge in history. Um,
0: so basically, they're just like uh, taking care of their own for a huge period of time. They're out there like recruiting, then they kind of take care of their own.
2: Well, I think it's, it's like, I, I mean, I would, they, would it make sense then, that they're consolidating
1: the, their uh, because
2: it because it, it sounds like you know, or it seemed to me like when they're in the outward phase they're out there like fucking, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, just right. out proclaiming, you right, know, right, those right. Those Christian yeah. ideals. But then I think in those 108-year cycles, that's when they go to plot their next moves and then perhaps like really indoctrinate the generations of the new members that oh, they gotcha. recruited because like you've got, you know, potentially three, four generations. So you get someone right at that beginning of the, uh, of the outward activity then they kind of buy
0: in. So basically but like- it's about
2: indoctrinating the kids and yeah. stuff. So then they are more perfected agents in those right. periods of outward activity for the recruitment. And then you go-
0: and So basically ch- just strengthen that foundation of their I religion think so. and then I, just like move I, I, like, on. At least, on. you know, this is me
2: spitballing, but it would make sense because then you can really go like, all right- Here's yeah, what your ancestors you didn't get to find out, or whatever. Right, right, here's what now. we're really about. You know, after and then those values get taught again to the kids and the period of, hundred, of the outward, and so you just keep, you know,
0: it seems uh, like a very strategic way to build the
2: yeah, just perpetuating think, yeah. that that core ideal, and then, then you can also perpetuate and then move forward at, through time because mm-hmm. you can get more sinister with the you know close periods right. because generation to generation get indoctrinated, you know. Hmm.
0: All right.
2: Wow. All right. Welcome to MoQuest, uh, Valley Strange episode, another whatever. We're talking about Rosicrucianism today. And (laughs) what we think about it, even though we know very little. (laughs) Um, But um, so, like, that's all dope. And then um, once again, it's interesting how banking interests come into play um, with the Friends of God.
0: So we're talking about Rosicrucians and like their, uh, periods of, uh,
1: Activity and activity and yeah.
0: uh, well, um, inactivity according to the outside world, but I mean, they're still right, yeah. going pretty by, strong. By,
1: so like I had mentioned before, it was like, they were just consolidating their, their, I guess their, their power, uh, within those dormancy phases and then basically creating dynasties of, of, uh, followers, families through their families and, uh, i guess generational um um uh, because like obviously within the, the 108 years you know they're going to have a a new grand uh, several new grandmasters so like it just sort of keeps it within the family and it allows them to just constantly uh not not reinvent themselves but to, you know yeah like you mentioned reinforce their um their system
3: yeah
1: no it's uh so then the the next group that gets
2: uh, brought up, which uh, also gets kind of short shrift by Bramley, uh, be the Friends of God,
1: which was um, the r- religious organization that the Rosicrucians uh, supported.
2: Yeah, um, they were apocalyptic, surprise, yeah. um, but they also helped uh, inspire the Protestant Reformation <laughs> um, because. Uh, we finally get the goddamn Medici's into the fucking picture. They should have been probably invoked during the, you know, there should have been probably like a another Renaissance era chapter I mean, talking about the development yeah, of like I mean, the like, banking there are, families and shit because there the Medici's so much about are the fucking Medicis. crazy right they're,
1: Yeah, they're that family's. I see the Ital- advent of the Italian mafia. Yeah, they're like, responsible for creating the banking system, and like. And they they,
2: sponsored fucking popes. They fucking, you know, they were the ones responsible for introducing incredibly wealthy,
1: incredibly powerful, and politics into the priesthood. So that was when, uh, uh, you know, like the papacy moved out from just being devout into like an actual, like uh, 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 a system of control and uh, uh, exploitation, actually, because.
2: Yeah, it's like. Think they took advantage of the
1: religion to, to <laughs> take as much, it's well, like, uh, they, they they were the ones that sort of introduced the idea of um, uh, uh doing good deeds for salvation, sort of thing. Oh, indulgences, Through, yeah, right, indulgences, thank you. And um, that was one of the things that, well,
2: what, 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 um, and uh, Bramley goes into this, but to fill that out a little bit for the Fever Boy, um, the Medici's got into good favor with the Catholic Church because they became like the the thugs that would collect the taxes that the Pope would collect and also tithes. Right. And at this time, also the Church got into indulgences, where it's basically pay money for a get out of jail f- uh, free card. Or get a jail card. I guess you paid for it for a particular sin and different sins at different, you know, kind of yeah, cash exactly. value associated yeah, it with money. And uh, that's one of the things that Luther was fucking like, fuck you so, guys about. Uh,
1: was he was he uh, uh, upset with that, or was he because I thought he was upset with the idea of confession itself in in well, of itself because well, didn't he the, say that that apparently is, there was
2: it's multivalence, you know, like he had 95 things he bitched about, but one thing he did bitch about um, <laughs> that I remember it was discussing like mainstream, like high school history course stuff was that, you know, he didn't really, he didn't think that the paying of indulgences was a thing. Because I think that also like tied into his like confession thing. Yeah, like,
1: well, I think he, he says had his, his, here his that there were confession certain things game. that. There were also certain things he didn't want to confess he didn't want to confess or, so I was uh, well, just thinking it like, was also what not just like did he didn't feel do? he
2: could or that he couldn't recall properly to confess He was like, well, what if I forget this sin, then how can I actually be like fucking absolved by the priest when I've actually yeah, not fully bared out philosophy. how I you know stuck my tongue out at the fucking you know brat kid at the bus station you know like, yeah <laughs> sinner. <laughs>
1: Or maybe may, maybe he wiped uh uh, uh, uh was it uh, <laughs> front to back instead of back to front and like tossed tossed it in the trash can instead of flushed it down the to- the drain. Son of a bitch! I don't know. Um, Just placed it. Yeah, wrong. I thought no, it was. No problem, I thought it was kind either. of. I I don't know that it was. Uh, he he set out to be uh, uh um. What's the fucking word I'm trying to think of? Like it seems like he had sort of like petty reasons me for, uh, striking out in his own. Uh, but again, though, I did like the idea, uh, that he came up with, uh, to sort of disconnect, make that disconnect from the confessional and the tithes in saying that, look, you're, um, you're not in charge of your own salvation. That is only determined by God. And the only thing that you can do, uh, in your, in your, in your, uh, with respect to yourself is to be devout, to be a good, good Christian or whatever, to, to believe, to have the faith. And that's it. All right. Sort of so
2: thing. here's here's Wikipedia to the rescue uh, because we're both right. Oh, um, boy. It's the 95 Theses or Disputation on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences. But mm. this is where he also lays out the whole thing where it's like, you know, grace only comes from God, you know um believe in the Jeebus and all that shit, you know. Right. Um, but it was also so it was like bitching about some Catholic institutions and also like what's the actual like um path to um salvation, I guess. Yeah. Um because uh he, he also he started uh, taking downplayed, you know, the whole like um Faith is secured through deeds or whatever, which was like a Catholic, uh, still like a linchpin. You know, do good deeds or whatever, and that's going to help or whatever. Yeah, they do mention the sense of karma. That doesn't matter. Like, Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, it it is a weird little like contradiction because yeah, they do mention like the ideas of karma and that like you're building up this goodwill for yourself in the through your through your your actions uh, or or the opposite. uh, You know, depending on your. your your choices, right? It could it could it could also go the other opposite direction. um which from what he says is yeah, it's kind of like the opposite in saying that like well no, no, it isn't the opposite because there are supposed to because having having I assume the connotations of having faith uh, a devout faith in in God are this is uh, positive. Positive in nature, all right? So, like, that's the, that's the good shit for you. But the guy sounds like a dick, to be honest. Well, Martin, G- Martin Luther? Yeah. Um,
0: Got to be kind of dickish to uh, break away from a huge organization like the Catholic Church, you know?
2: That's still, like, one of the world's most powerful groups yeah. on the planet, you know? Imagine
0: like- if the Pope broke away from the Catholic Church. How fucking major would that be, you know? Um
1: well I mean it's sort of I
0: mind he's not gonna pope, but he like he like comes out speaking against the Catholic Church from being a Pope. Uh, like
1: so I mean this sort of started to well from what I could read about the Protestants, which is what that sort of developed to, unless yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. They seem to be some of the most violent religions. Uh, up until this point because like oh, the warfare well, I mean, is incorp like directly incorporated into their beliefs in that like and we would get to that today but it's gonna be for next episode. Oh shit <laughs> Yeah, because
2: no, but you know for oh actually for maybe for a little teaser for the next episode. Um yeah um the Protestant nuts. faith spins out the Puritans. Peace and- is a yeah. sin. Cromwell's England is a kind of an interesting place, but we'll get there guys next episode. (laughs) Just just bear with us. Um, But for now, um, we get um, into the counter reformation, um, which I don't think we should really talk about right now because there is a,
0: isn't there like a whole, I think there's a whole uh, chapter full of
2: it. Chapter on that. Yeah, um, oh, not the Glorious Reformation. Okay, one second. I need to consult my book, I guess.
1: Jesus Christ, I can hear my pulse in my ears.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> Jesus. the counter-reformation. Um, so Lutheran supporters created the single largest schism in Christian history. Enormous powers registered from the Roman Catholic Church. Um, Catholics didn't like that. So they launched a counter-reformation, um, which was um, an attempt to try to like squash out these Protestant beliefs before they could take flight. And in order to help do this, the... Uh, Order of the Jesuits was created and they're a fucking militant organization. Um, They
1: weren't at first, weren't they? Or was that like the... a part of their initial formation?
2: Nope. Um... Leading the Counter Reformation was interestingly a new brotherhood style organization created for the purpose the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. The Jesuit order was uh, founded in 1540 by a soldier turned cleric named Ignatius of Loyola. Um, and it was they were a Catholic secret society with degrees of initiation, periods of probation, and many secret rituals. And it was also militant. Um, and so. To try to have, but there's not really like a talk about like them, like
1: actually fighting them or whatever. No, yeah, he just actually, I think that was the only time I remember that it was even mentioned. It's just sort of that one section, and then you know, that was it. I guess one thing is still
2: kind of relevant though, even today, is uh. <laughs> Uh, most importantly, many of the positive effects of the Reformation were offset by the fact that Protestantism was has yet uh, one more human faction placed in uh, uh, in unresolvable conflict with other factions over erroneous religious issues. Luther himself contributed to this by hinting that the Pope, Pope represented the forces of the Antichrist. <laughs> um, this has only resulted in more war, notably in Ireland today. Because, um, I mean, shit, man. Ireland be cool to visit and stuff but then it's like <gasps> um people are still fucking like setting up fucking car bombs
1: and shit like <laughs> it's pretty wild Chapter, Chapter 20, 20, twenty twenty. a new, a a new, new aristocracy
0: aristocracy. No. aristocracy
1: sorry Actually I think it just talked about exactly what you were mentioning the uh Luther's revolution right
2: Well um importantly it brings up uh the 80 years war, Mm -hmm. which is like one of the first conflicts that arose out, like right after the reformation, um, happened. Um, so, so the introduction of Calvinism,
0: you know, it's funny that, uh, after reformation, you would think like, uh, it's supposed to bring about like a new message of peace, which it does. But, uh, it always ends up starting some other conflict and then wars breaks out of somewhere because people don't like someone else telling them that, their belief is wrong and let's start fighting.
1: And then it only exacerbates, uh, later on when, uh, the banks get involved because then it becomes a hey, business, the business of war. Quit that, that comedy uh, talk,
0: right?
2: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, but with the 80s, eighties year, 80 years war, what had occurred was, uh, conflict broke down basically like Protestants versus Catholics in, um, uh, modern day Holland and versus Spain. Um, and one of the people to help lead the charge in Holland was so, uh, fuck, what was his name? William, William won the silent. Um, he was a German ruler who reigned over the German principality of Nassau uh, and this is where we get our first kind of taste of the House of Orange, no, uh, Nassau, or Naton or I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Or, it's Nassau, yeah. Sure. Or Nassau. Um, But the House of Orange. Um, Orange. They become pretty fucking relevant in the coming yeah, chapters. For um, a very long and time. And actually, they're relevant today. Like, they're surviving members of the, these you know political marriages and stuff that are still in power today um but
1: um they were they were uh they were experts uh speaking of political marriage they pretty much uh used it as their main main tool to to
2: yeah so in
1: spread their influence so
2: holland i believe does gain its independence from spain in this after this war but um the House of Orange fucking marries into the Dutch royalty, thus mm-hmm. establishing the first, you know, uh, House of Orange family tie that's going to start spreading throughout fucking Europe here pretty soon in these next chapters we're going to cover next up. But importantly, this is the first time we start establishing kind of the, the new regime of how things are going to start looking in Europe. This is when we start introducing uh, an inflatable paper currency.
1: Right. Um, This is where we start reducing the
2: power of the monarchy and creating stronger parliaments um, and engaging in a lot of fucking warfare. Um, And this is a cycle that's going to keep repeating throughout European history for hundreds of years. And this is like some of the first incipient, you know, Behave or incipient activity of. Uh, or. Fuck. The beer starting to work, but it's. <laughs> it, it sets these, you know, three main elements, you know, the fucking central bank with paper, uh, inflatable right. paper money.
1: They start fucking
2: weak monarchy, standard, stronger parliament. Standard. It's just going to keep coming up and up and up and up, and you're going to see economies ravaged by it, Um, a bunch of bloodshed over it, and it's fucking
0: fascinating. Do um, you think that the custodial beings uh, may have been uh, pleased with this type of, type of cycle? Maybe they thought this was working for constantly to keep people enslaved.
1: I mean, yeah. Like at some like point or another, I mean, we kind of broke out of it a little bit, but of, uh, still here. So at one point, like the uh well, Banks of like the House of Orange uh, would would like control another region and then set that region to you know to fight others and like another another area that they also controlled. So like they were playing yeah. themselves no. against themselves and like pulling money from both. But that's uh, exactly what one what, of the reasons uh, that, the
0: goal is that technically isn't it? I mean, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is the goal to keep and you know of like infighting. without and
2: importantly without these central banks and like in these uh, and the inflatable paper currency and we're going to get into more detail of this in the next uh, few chapters um but it's all goes back to the fact that this new type of currency helps continue military campaigns and war efforts and shit um And they're able to – and these people are trying to set up these new banks in other countries like France, England, uh, Germany, and other places. It's usually under the auspices of, like, the English threat to France that we need to get this bank together because we have to be able to fucking, you know, supply our fucking, you know, know, buy fucking guns or fucking, I guess, sabers at that time. And so eventually, (laughs) like,
1: everyone starts adopting that system, the banking system. uh, Yeah. But uh, all of them going to debt. <laughs> I mean, later on, the, England itself is, ends up going bankrupt uh, from the uh, um, uh, the uh, after the American Revolution uh, because of all the money that they took out. Right, uh, and alone. another
2: pattern that's going that's going to reemerge is that the banking class becomes the new aristocracy. The new aristocracy, yes, precisely. But also, you know. But then these assholes are later, and we're going to get into more detail in the next episode, so we'll just preface it now. But these same assholes are able to pull their resources, right? make the bank, become the fucking, you know, grand pimp daddy, Troll you the know, will. fucking allowance givers of the fucking nation state that they say they represent, and they are fucking private institutions. <laughs> Thank so you, custodial.
0: Fuck beans. the Fed, right? Yeah. Fuck the Fed. That's what I'm <laughs> well, saying. Well, I mean, now. that's like the that's like the, yeah, exactly. That's like the
1: leads to the direct creation of, of what we know as the Federal Reserve. Yeah. That's right. a, a bank that is exclusive. Uh Is it really a serviced. is it really a bank though? I mean, I don't think yes. there's a debit card that like. You yeah, know, there's fucking not the Trump Federal went Reserve went Bank, it's, you know, like it, it is, but it's it's a bank well, that only is, serves the government. Yeah, but the, like, yeah, they only can, fucking deal with the government.
0: Yeah. They're,
1: no, they're exclusive to the government. That's it.
0: But the thing is, like, we all know they don't really need to be there. No. They pretty much set not. themselves up. They, they set themselves no, no, up no. to be there. <laughs> yeah. It's all No, just, this is a, it's a form of control. It's another and, conspiracy uh, we can get down into like some other time talking about the federal oh, God reserve. Damn it, we need
2: to get in some Ike, like <laughs> in like five years we'll get in Ike. I think we'll be ready in maybe like five years time. <laughs> um, um
1: Yeah. All right. Oh boy.
0: Okay, well, um, anything else to add for this chapter, guys? I mean, that's, I think you pretty much covered not most of it.
1: anything else
2: that's not going to come up in the future. Because right. it's, yeah. uh, it's Bramley. I'll mention a bunch of cool stuff now and then just let it lie. And then right. oh, <laughs> 10
0: chapters later, here it is again. <laughs> um, all right, uh, that'll be it for this episode. Again, I don't remember which episode number we're on it's been so so long. Um But we will be finishing this book in a regular schedule. So I'm not sure when this will come out. But two weeks after that one, the new one will come out if I can keep that schedule going. Uh, Depends on how long it takes me to edit and stuff like that. But we should be good. Um, So we'll continue uh, chapters 21 through 30 next time. And then you'll get chapters 31 through 41 after that. So I am happy to be back and uh, Roland hope you feel better the next time I'm alive you are alive and that's that's good that's all I can ask for at this point uh,
1: yay
0: so spray uh, your studio with Lysol uh, get those germs out man uh, Daniel yeah. your yeah. uh, your room seems sanitized get you got those. Chucky up there uh, keeping tabs on everything so seems pretty good hey <laughs> Well, if you could see it, like, he's got a big old Chucky in the top, which is really Oh, yeah, nice. I totally do, yeah.
2: And yeah. I also have, you know, Han yeah. and Luke and Boba Fett over there, the doctor, a bunch
0: of shit. Nice. So. All right. I guess we'll see you all right. next time. Uh, it's right. a good thing you can't see the video because Roland just gave us a nice uh, smile. Uh, probably her uh, tries. Probably, probably broke your fucking feed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next time. I'll see you, dudes. Later. Blue Midgets coming to my house. Hey,
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I had some kind of a rectal probe. It's <laughs> ridiculous. ridiculous. ridiculous.